try to be more present for this podcast today are you counting down because i'm going to try to be more present yeah, for you this just, podcast today you ruined my count, ruined the my, intro you ruined my countdown okay <laughs> dang it <laughs> i feel so bad i'm sure you do <laughs> i was telling bobby we just needed to launch into this let's quit talking before we talk and talk so we're talking the listeners want to hear the straight stuff not the performance material they want to hear the real real time raw unrehearsed they don't want to hear my voices it's too performative (laughs) no actually i think your voice plays i think that's i think that's a big factor you haven't been doing the voice as much and so that's i think maybe maybe why we haven't had as enthusiastic of a a commenter base recently maybe i'll do the whole episode today in the voice then the makeup for lost time (laughs) oh Go ahead, try it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Today is Valentine's Day, That's Monday, right. February 14th. And when I saw that this morning, I thought, Jordan is going to go off for 20 minutes about the about history of Valentine's. No, actually, Valentine's I don't have anything Day. to say about that. <laughs> All right, good, because I, I kind of feel, like, feel like it's like a... Uh, I always feel like such an idiot going into the store, buying stuff I don't normally buy, like flowers. <laughs> Maybe well, that's, that's revealing the, about me, but that's the. But the, it's an it's an obligation holiday. Yeah, but and, the, and listen, my me and my wife have an understanding about Valentine's Day, but I still go out and get roses and some chocolates and things and that traditional stuff. But I always feel like it's one of these things that, like, if you don't. If you don't do it, and I'm not putting this on wives, okay? But if you don't do it, then you're in the doghouse. And it's because there's a societal obligation about it that I don't really like. It's kind of Mother's Day is kind of becoming that way. Well, that's the that's the whole commercialization of the holidays thing, you know, the the merchants of the world, to use a term out of the book of Revelation, have via marketing and this and this started early in the 20th century right now you've got me on a rant because i mean you got know, him. <laughs> the whole de beers diamond monopoly you know a diamond is forever that it, it, diamonds didn't used to be associated with marriage and they became such such because uh the de beers monopoly got a great marketing campaign going right when you know, film was coming into vogue and, and you know, between the two, war, I think it was probably between the two wars, between the First and Second World War. Anyway, interestingly enough, that's when the Mormon temple uh, marriage idea really took off. It didn't used to be a thing prior to the early 1900s to get married in the temple. You would get sealed after a public ceremony. It was more of a tradition to do public ceremony. And then there, it became vogue to have a temple marriage and that started around the same time as the De Beers diamond monopoly was getting the diamond propaganda out there so i just i don't i find that interesting i'm not saying 
the, the one caused the other or vice versa. It's just an interesting coincidence how public expectations changed. And so now you have all these essentially commercialized holidays, right? What do you do for Christmas? You buy a bunch of stuff. What do you do for Halloween? You buy a bunch of stuff. What do you do for Valentine's? You buy a bunch of stuff. What do you do for Mother's Day and Father's Day? You got to buy gifts. Even I was I was at the grocery store this morning, and they've already they're already starting to push the Easter stuff. There's another one, Easter. Yeah. So I've explained this before on the podcast that there in the ancient world there were eight sacred days, and those were the solstices and the equinoxes, and what what are called the cross quarters. So Groundhog Day, which we just passed, which is in Bullock in the Celtic tradition, that, and we, and when you talk about cross quarters and equinoxes, usually you end up talking about the Celts because they're the most recent ones, uh, culture that really kept up the, the tradition so obviously. So, so Beltane in Bullock, uh, Samhain, I think Samhain roughly corresponds, if I remember right, with Halloween or the Harvest Festival. I'm, I'm conflating the two. I'll have to look that up. But, uh, so we've just passed the cross quarter, which is really the start of spring. Uh, now, nowadays, we say spring starts on the equinox, but really, if you think about it, it it's uh, the transition period from the uh, that that encapsulates the equinox, not starting at the equinox. And so we 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 really in spring. We're not. It devolved into a situation where the groundhog predicted that we'd have either six more weeks of what winter or six weeks until spring, right? <laughs> Isn't that the way they say it? Yeah. If, it's, if he it's, sees his shadow, it's bit. six six weeks till six more weeks of winter. But if he doesn't, then it's going to be spring in six weeks, which is the cute little gotcha. Uh-huh. Right. Then you get to the equinox, right? So that's the so a month and a half after Beltane, you get the equinox, right? See how see how the things change. Societies shift, they they morph, and Valentine's Day got snuck in there somehow, and it just has nothing to do with anything. If I, but maybe it does have something to do with something. I'm not remembering anything significant to say about it. We could probably not worry about deep a deep dive on Valentine's Day. You you men that are listening are listening on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something, and realizing too late that you forgot Valentine's you, Day. You. <laughs> horrible horrible man well anyway we had a we had a listener comment that i want to read just for the sake of uh are you gonna read the whole thing because it was a it was a like a whole podcast within i read it fast okay i read it fast and we appreciate this comment by the way monty montana uh i know this person and uh he says i have to disagree with your advice to consume sugar and exercise off the excess calories this might work out for a while but will eventually catch up to most people Sugar is basically a poison. It contributes to many diseases and tooth decay. Some historians have linked a significant increase in a significant decrease in lifespan to sugar consumption after it became widely available in places like 16th century England. Sugar gives the body calories, but no nutrients, which will lead to nutrient deficiency over time. It also inhibits the body's ability to burn fat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can go read this whole I just want to interesting think. explanation about sugar. Now here's Okay, go ahead. Thank I just him. want to thank him for endorsing my diet soda habit. Well, he does talk about chemicals. <laughs> All artificial oils, such as vegetable oils, are detrimental to health. Should be avoided. They're See, much, don't they eat might vegetables and sugar. Vegetables He's bad. About vegetable oil. Vegetables. Well, where do you think that comes from? Vegetables. 
<laughs> he says a good keto diet will stimulate the body's ability to burn fat, but a good keto diet does not include chemical sweets. Okay, so see, I, I know I was kind of going off on this last time. Like, he's he's right. You should avoid sugar. But my my contention is, sugar's better than aspartame. Well, the sodas and high fructose corn syrup, which you have, have admitted, is a poison. Oh, high fructose corn syrup's terrible, and I know this stuff in this thing. And today I've got the uh, today I've got the monster. Oh, you got a monster. I'm going. I'm going for the leaded. Is it a diet monster? <laughs> leaded. It gasoline. is zero sugar. If you remember leaded gasoline, you'll get what he just said. It is zero sugar, and it has taurine, whatever the heck that is. It has L carnitine, whatever the heck that is. Flesh. I think that's an amino acid. <laughs> I think both of those are. Um, so yeah, I, I want to be jacked for today's episode. Okay. So I'm going with the Monster Energy Ultra Paradise Zero Sugar. Well, look, what, what we found out was that the way to get the listeners to comment is to say things that re- they really disagree with. Yeah. The yeah. economy is the best it's ever been. I am very pleased rats. with the protection of the economy. We love the government. <laughs> Come on, somebody rebut us. But what you, but one one thing is interesting is I think I think I agree with that comment and thanks for making it. What was his name? Montana. Monty Mont Hannah Montana here. Okay. Monty Montana. That's Hannah Montana's brother. I think where we get where we go wrong is with refined sugar, right? Because there are naturally occurring sugars in fruits and vegetables and and good food. But he's talking about refined sugar right, that is you, laced in everything. You should everything. If you're interested, you should go read this comment because it's very uh expert expertly stated on the website it's it's a good comment start reading labels of uh stuff there's sugar and also high fructose corn syrup which is largely replaced sugar yeah that's just cheaper sugar in everything yeah cheaper and i think even worse no i think it is worse it's just uh again my point was Go for more natural, but you know, that white sugar, that refined white sugar is definitely not natural. That's very refined. Same with white flour, enriched white flour. Enriched just uh, bleached, means... Bleached. Enriched means they add vitamins, but it bleached no. is... <laughs> enriched means they strip everything out and then add a few things back. That's a good point. Or fortified. But, but it's different than bleached. Right. And bleached is not necessarily good. It's okay, though. Don't worry about it. The government told us for years and years and years, entire generations, to base our diets on carbohydrates. Complex carbohydrates. They just said carbs. All right, everybody. That goes okay, does it for I'm today's... Thinking, uh, somebody teach us about... Well, whether, they said whether, grains, grains. Grains, carbohydrates yeah. is the bottom of the base of the food pyramid, and then we should eat meat sparingly and sweets. Anyway... We're not going to go into a nutritional talk today. There's a lot of people on the internet who do that. And if, so if you're into it, you probably already know. <laughs> well, but happy I think, Valentine's it's, important, I think Day. it's important to bring it up because I it did is. make a very controversial statement <laughs> as you're eating your chocolates. So I'm not, so the, here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. When you eat your sugar, don't bother exercising. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. Okay. Just eat the sugar. That's not what I said. I said, (laughs) if you're going to have something sweet, you might as well have something that's better for your body than aspartame. Because aspartame is... Have we been through the history of aspartame? I'm going to say yes, so we don't do it again right now. Okay, come on, brief. Because, Bobby, I don't think you... 
I don't I think, think you remember. I think we have. I, I, maybe Do you remember not, how it's made? No, I don't know how it's made. Okay, there's like a, a fungus or a bacteria or something that they take the waste products of. So it's uh-huh. the, the, the byproduct or the waste matter from, a, from this fungus or something, bacteria. That, and it's sweet, and that's what they use. And Donald Rumsfeld, one of your favorite people. Yeah, I love Donald Rumsfeld. Instrumental for making the F- FDA supreme in the land and also hiding the trillions of dollars uh, that the Pentagon had lost as of 2001 by plunging us into the war on terror the very next day that he, after he admitted it. I remember that. As Secretary of Defense, he was in- instrumental in getting aspartame widely used in the um because he worked with at monsanto it's just not good for you okay anyway you so, guys what you're saying is is aspartame is basically cheese no it's a bad <laughs> it's bad for you it's like we, there's no, somebody just... that we both know there's somebody that we both know in, in the neighborhood who had the symptoms of multiple sclerosis okay? right and this person was drinking a lot of diet drinks and they were at the doctor and they were like trying to do all the MS stuff and she cut the diet drinks out and the symptoms went away. <clears throat> There's all kinds of stuff I've, like that. I've that never happens. made the argument that they're good and, and never <laughs> will. I know, I know they're bad. Okay, let's not argue anymore. Let's, let's stay friends. Um, okay, so Monty, thank you for the comments. Yeah, we really do appreciate comments. Thank you for setting the record straight. Please comment on our website. Happy Valentine's Day. The the Canadian truckers are still trucking along. That we need we need to address that. Now today we're not going to talk I'm going to introduce the con, the the content of today's podcast. We're going to talk about the Young Global Leaders Group and the new Corona Circus article that's come Let, out. It's the Forum of Young Global Leaders Shaping the Future. Okay. So that's what we're going to get to here in a minute. But uh, the Canadian protest is going on, and they cleared the Ambassador Bridge between uh, Detroit and Ontario. You saw that, right? Yep. Did uh, you have any comment on that? No, not really. I, I, I still think that this has, you know, last, last week I made the comment that this has one of two endings. One is Trudeau lifts the mandates and sends everybody home, and everybody goes home relatively happy except for Trudeau or they just start shooting people and I looks like it's number two I, I don't know but they are in there are there are rumblings of getting the military involved and getting police involved there has been arrests made I think on that bridge I saw some videos like the cops are there's a few cops and that are getting a little uh, a little enthusiastic about about going out with some clubs and things to uh hit these people with right the top headline on zero hedge is uh trudeau to unleash never before used emergency powers act to counter protest as u.s canada bridge reopens so i i think we're seeing the direction that canada is going to take here is that they're not going to bend or at least it's looking like that right they're just going to mop this all up and 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 in context of the Corona Circus, the, the latest Corona Circus article, and if you don't remember or you're new around here, coronacircus.com is a website that early on in the pandemic wrote a series of pretty interesting essays. And then they kind of went dark for almost a year. And they just uh, published a, an essay, a new essay a couple of days ago. 
And yeah, we'll get into last, that. Their but, last article was in May of last year, and they've just finally come out of the woodwork. And but their whoever it is, they post under the name Icarus. But whoever that is, they the premise has been that all of this coronavirus circus pan, pandemic, along with a lot of other things, is designed to make us angry. And to destroy confused. society, to and destroy, to, to, to radically change society, right? Not just, but to 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 rile us up to the point where we rebel, where they want an uprising, so they have the excuse to quell the uprising and then usher in their their radically reset society. Mm-hmm. Not just like the tyranny that you think you're. S- is emerging it's like a radically different society you'll own nothing and you'll be happy yeah but is it really that that's what no, i No, that's talk marketing about. that's this that's the shiny glossy um you know pamphlet we're talking we're talking about because this social last, scores we're talking about digital currencies that that, that can be controlled we're well, talking know, about their, their journal from the future uh article series was quite Right, beyond that, right. We're ta- I, I think what, and this is why I, another reason I said I think that the outcome of the truckers. I said this last week could determine the direction of society for an entire generation. Because if the truckers get mowed down, if they get shot, if they get locked up, if the trucks get bulldozed or blown up, whatever, I think that that's a line, right? That's a line is crossed and you can't go back from that. The governments can't go back from that. And so they're just going to plow forward. The next thing we know we're, I mean, pick your, pick your dystopian science fiction novel that you like the best. And there we are. And, and who knows what else with the, with the technology of today. I th- they have more, they have more at their disposal to control us than ever before. They do. They do. Especially with our currency and like a digital uh, uh, social, social yeah. score. Okay, so let's circle back to the potential, what it looks like afterwards. Teach us about the young global leaders, the young leaders of tomorrow's forum or whatever it is. You've, you've led the charge as far as you and I are concerned about getting more information on this. And I read the article you sent me. But uh, for the sake of the leaders, catch us all up on what the Young Global Leaders Group is. You've called it YGL. Other people talk about it as YGL because we like acronyms because they're short to type on text and Twitter. (laughs) Well, YGL, Young Global Leaders, the forum of Young Global Leaders, was uh, started in the 90s, I believe, by our friend... Klaus Schwab of the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And I think their ori- the original name was not Young Global Leaders. It was like Leaders of Tomorrow. And some of those early uh, Leaders of Tomorrow were people like Tony Blair. You remember him? Yeah, uh, Prime Minister of England. <laughs> but this is, this is straight from the horse's mouth. The was it the Forum for Young Global Leaders? Is that, or that was, cha- it was changed to that in 2004? Yeah, and I think global, it was Global Leaders of Tomorrow, 
right in 1992 and i think they're trying to i don't know if they've indicated we'll, we'll link to this article that gives a good overview on it but uh he says uh, he has to mention uh, Angela Merkel, Vladimir Putin. So Merkel's from Germany. She's still in control of Germany. Putin, of course, is in control of Russia. Well, yeah, and we'll, we'll probably get into the list. The list is staggering. But I don't think the at alumni. the time. I don't think at the time that those guys were identifiable with any particular, uh, you know, youth camp group type of thing like like this is. Well, these today. aren't just the, when they say young, they mean under forty. So these aren't like teenagers. I mean, maybe, but most of them are probably in their 20s, 30s. And that's a good question that maybe we could get into is how are these people selected? Some of them are obvious, like Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, is an alumnus, alumni of the Young Global Leaders. How did he get selected? Well, his dad or his stepdad. <laughs> or both. Yeah. Well, one okay, of get his into that. Okay, because you briefly his, mentioned the... His dad was Pierre Trudeau, who was the prime minister of yeah, Canada. because we, we linked to the... His real dad might have been the leader and, of and Cuba. You, when you say might have, and there are a lot of people that are very committed to this. I know I sent you... I, I, I sent uh, Bobby some potential rebuttal photographs that maybe Justin Trudeau does not look as much like Fidel Castro as people say he does. He he looks as much as like Fidel Castro but, as people but I'm say not, he does. I'm not not saying it either, okay? <laughs> I just want to throw out there it's that there are just, some there are some interesting facial aspects because I've studied this. It's, but it's not just the the look alike though. It's not just the look alike. There if as far as circumstantial evidence goes, there is a lot of circumstantial evidence that and that's Fidel Castro is Justin. Right. Okay, so get, run, run us through father. all that because it's in that article, but this is important for the discussion. Okay, well, this is the the the, the one minute version. Pierre, we don't do one minute version things. Expand it to three. Pierre Trudeau was the Prime Minister of Canada, right? He was quite old when Justin Trudeau was born and has no other children, no other known children anyway. There's speculation. It's all speculation. There's speculation he may have been um, unable to produce children. Because yeah, he, he sh based on his activities, he should have produced a lot of because children. Because Pierre Trudeau was famously promiscuous, as was his wife, Margaret Trudeau. Now, how old was she compared to him? She was a lot younger than him, like 30 years, 40 years younger. Clearly fertile. She was a very uh, fertile in this... <laughs> She was very promiscuous. This was the 70s. This did, was the did, uh, 60s and 70s. <laughs> this was the, they, they were real life versions of sort of the characters in Austin Powers. They were okay. swingers. It was free and easy. They're also unabashed communists. And there is good evidence that they were honeymooning. Pierre and Margaret were on a honeymoon in the Caribbean. That's that's documented. They were on a honeymoon in the Caribbean. Right. So when the when the fact checkers come out and say there's no evidence, what they mean is there's copious evidence, just like there all it, there always is when they're fact checking something. Right. Okay. Now keep in mind that this was there was heavy travel restrictions on Cuba at the time, and so in their schedule, and this is all summarized in an article that I think we linked to last week. Maybe yes, it's we'll at the very end of the- Link to it the, again. Because we just hit it as an afterthought. And it's very, it's very important because the, the, these rulers intermarry. They have this pattern. This happened in, um, you know, 
medieval and renaissance era europe at, at the time of of uh, world war 1 I believe the uh, wasn't it Tsar Nicholas and uh, the Kaiser of Germany and uh, King of England were all cousins, you know. Isn't I, I'm I'm just going right off the seat of my by the seat of my pants here, but uh, th- there was this very much incestuous family that had kind of taken over Europe by the time World War One starts. Right. Okay. Anyway, there's. There's circumstantial evidence that they, the Trudeaus, were in Cuba. And during the, that time, Margaret and Fidel hooked up. And nine months later, a little strapping baby boy was born. That Bouncing baby boy. Looks, becomes a strapping young man. Looks nothing like Pierre. Grows up to be very tall, broad-shouldered, and dark-haired. And yeah, looks that's- a, lot, a lot like a young Fidel Castro. See, that's where I want to interject. He doesn't have Castro's eyes, and his jaw, I think, is different. And if you look at the profiles, I think you also well, yeah, see some differences. There's going to be some differences. But there are a lot of very It's, it's big, not a clone. But there are a lot of really big similarities from certain angles to Fidel, but there are also similarities to Pierre, but people don't want to see those because they are looking at a certain... Sure. It's salacious thing. and okay. scandalous. But, but to all me, of the circumstantial evidence, okay. The to fact- me, the circumstantial evidence and the timing are stronger than even the physical resemblance. But it's funny, yes, I, got a te- right. I just got a text message, literally just got it from a person I know who I had sent that article to yesterday, and they just responded. He's the spitting image. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there, I know people too. It's funny. This isn't just you coming up with it. This is like going around. This has been around for years. I heard, yeah. I heard this for, I first heard this a long time ago, maybe two, three years ago. Well, it made it to uh, Tucker Carlson. But it got, it's been getting more traction recently because Justin Trudeau has been in the limelight a lot recently saying very stupid, very well, alarming things. He's clearly a statist. I mean, he's, cl- he's not just a statist. He's clearly like a blunt no, instrument it, it's, type of it's a statist. It's far more than that. It's far more than statist. Statist. Tyrant. Okay. What? And this is why it's relevant, right? Because he came from a school for young global leaders. But uh, just to kind of wrap up the the father question, I saw a brilliant. So anyway, well, there's a little bit more to it that leads to that leads to this thing I'm going to talk about. A few years later, the Trudeaus went back to Cuba officially, right? Yeah, wasn't and it like fairly soon, like uh, it, within a year or two, not like three or four? I'm not sure. Because there are photo, photos of Fidel holding his baby, theoretically. Whose right. baby is it? His baby? Lovingly. Well, and and, and, and it's supposed to be the first time that Pierre and Margaret Trudeau had ever met this guy. Right. And, but they're, and they're very they're act, friendly. Well, she's, she's embracing. There are photos of her embracing him with both arms while his, her husband's standing There's a on the fo- other And side. that leads me to this brilliant photo. With, well, a photo with a brilliant caption that says, that says, the parents of Justin Trudeau posing for a photograph with Pierre Trudeau, <laughs> with the Prime Minister of Canada. But she was very affectionate with him. They were admirers of him. I think we forget uh, people our age only remember Fidel Castro as kind of an old guy with a giant beard and wore military fatigues. Oh, yeah. When he was in his prime, when he was young, he was very athletic. He was handsome. He was a, he was a notorious womanizer. 
Yes. And so it all fits together circumstantially. But he was, he was very charismatic. He was a force to be reckoned with. And physically imposing, he was very tall and broad-shouldered. If you're going to pick somebody to father your son, and, and you're sterile or yeah, impotent they don't, they don't or old and decrepit. And, and uh, artificial insemination And your wife's up point. for it. I yeah. mean... So they had to do it the old-fashioned way, is what the article said. Right. So why is all that relevant? Well, one, it's interesting and salacious and, and fun. Well, of course, but that's... But the- it's relevant to a few things that we talk about often. The first of, of which is that all the world is a stage and everything we're told is a lie. So Justin Trudeau may not be who... He says he is. He may be the offspring of one of the most infamous dictators in modern history. And, 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 and that matters because we're being lied to about it. Yeah, but this isn't the first time America's grappled with this either. Uh, well, America doesn't have to grapple with it. It's Canada. But this isn't the first time that you know it's come to the forefront. The whole thing about Barack Obama's birth certificate was this same, same discussion. And, and the reason— Oh, and what about Michael Obama? Or is her name Michelle? You mean Big Mike. Big Mike. The, I mean, that's a big rabbit hole if you haven't been down it. And I, one, when we were talking about this with some friends over the weekend, because I was bringing up your, your comments and the podcast and how I was like, look, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to go all the way, but I, I agree it's uh, he totally looks like Trudeau in a lot of ways, or he looks like uh, Castro in a lot of ways. But uh, there is video of Michelle Obama dancing on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Are you, mm-hmm. Do you? I've seen it. You've I've seen, seen it. Do you many know what times. I'm talking about? I, I, I don't want to say what it shows because I had never seen that. I, just, and I was if already you're curious. On, go look it up. Yeah, I, I was already wondering about that Again, issue because I've, I've heard about it. And there are circumstantial evidence there. You had Joan Rivers' bizarre comments, which oh, sort yeah. of sparked the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Well, she dies. What? Very soon after. Three weeks after that, like she mysteriously just kicks the bucket. Speaking of mysteriously kicking the bucket, this is completely out of left field and maybe something we can, we can go into later, but a lot of, so a lot of <clears throat> credible sources <clears throat> are starting to say that, hey, the COVID vaccine might, might cause or, uh, or increase your, your odds of contracting AIDS. Yeah, that's odd. And, or HIV. and then. A lot of AIDS researchers who have been warning about that very thing are dying mysteriously. There's like five or six of them who have all died recently. Hmm. Anyway. Strange. Stranger so than fiction. Wh- why, is it, why is it important that Fidel might be Justin Trudeau? And people are starting to call him Justin Castro, but Castro is spelled... With the E-A-U, yeah. the French O. Right. <laughs> um, why is that important? Uh, and the answer is because we don't really know who any of these people are. The Barack Obama birth certificate thing was dismissed, which, by the way, was, that was started by Hillary. Hillary was the original birther in the primaries. People forget that. That's true. But why is it important? Well, we don't know a lot about him, especially at that time. We didn't know much about his, his upbringing and his education. And what did you do between these years you were at college and now? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And think about leaders uh, around us in our own communities. We don't know a lot about them. 
And I think as people who who believe that they're God kings and they are divine by divine rights rule over us, we should at least know a little bit about them. But you ever heard the term they? They are doing this. They're doing that. Yes. Well, who are they? Who are they? And that's where we're going to get into the maybe. meat of our topic today. But but you say maybe, and you're right, because who do these folks, who do they answer yeah, to? Yeah, who do they report to? Because we know... Who we, groomed them? We who know, really set up Klaus Schwab? We know that like a lot of these world leaders, like Trudeau, like like Jordan's girlfriend, Yacinda Ardern, <laughs> like uh, Angela Merkel, like uh, the, the guy from Belgium, a uh, lot of people in U.S. government, like conservative darling well do you want to go down Crenshaw. the list right now because that's in that article we can yeah but who we know that they answer to people at the wef and the un and others but who does klaus schwab answer to who does bill gates answer to who does uh you know the un secretary general answer to who do these people who is above these people i don't know that we can get into that but we're going to get into these young global leaders and a very important statement from, from Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Well, as, as you've pointed out, and keep this in mind as we go, go down this uh, line of reasoning and, and uh, inquisition, Klaus Schwab, <clears throat> he, he really does have the, pre- the presence, the, what would you call it, the... He's a comic book villain. Yes, he's a caricature of a of the of the worst yeah, type of villain right. that we've all been taught to recognize. Right. He's and that's, got he's that's got by the, design, I think. Okay, that's the question. I think that more and more I'm starting to think that somewhere somewhere along the lines we the simulation derailed. The simulation was hacked <laughs> by comic comedians? <laughs> Well, the, the gods of the universe have a sense of humor and a sense of irony. We, we've talked a little bit about that, right? The good gods. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, and, I do and, too. And because... ultimately, the good gods are in charge, and we know that there are certain things that we have to go through in this world, but there's irony and there's humor. But also, I wonder if it's just sort of serendipity where it's like, yeah, yeah, Klaus Schwab is just like, the villains in Hogan's Heroes and Dr. Evil and <laughs> all of these caricatures that are, you take, you take a comic book, a bad comic book villain, and there he is. Right. So what you're saying is that in the Jordan Bruno cosmology, maybe the Demiurge who's created a, uh, a matrix, a simulation, a counterfeit world for us, and remember, we've talked about this before, how the bad, the bad gods or the fallen gods participated in creation. There's a lot of nuances there. It'd be fun to go through that in real detail because I know our garden, our traditional creation and garden stories show God creating the world. But remember, the, uh, records like the book of Job talk about Satan sitting down and talking to God and talking about testing Job, right? So there's there's a lot of... There's a lot of good extra canonical sources. I, it's, it, 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 I don't fault anybody for this, but in our own LDS culture, if you're new here, we are both Mormons. We still use that word. I'm a Mormon. But we, we tend to, in our 
theology and our culture especially to like be really rigid almost refer to well that too but almost refer to the the war in heaven almost like it was an election like there was i i heard it referred to recently like there was one proposal and then there was a different proposal i'm like these were not proposals this was not an election between you know a center left guy and a center right guy with both with good ideas and both good people coming from sincere positions and just differences of opinion this was not that at all this was a rebellion yeah. against god it was done maliciously it was done with full knowledge of what they what was happening we had full knowledge of the good and the evil involved here. This was not just like, well, yeah. he's got some well, great points. Yeah. He's Let got me, some good points. Humor, humor me, Bobby. Humor me, humor me for, we'll try three minutes here. Humor me while I recap that because the, I think this is really important. You, you, you bring up a really, really, really good point. And I'd like to, I'd like to just flesh that out for just a second, just to, just to recap. And I'm going to try to do it as succinctly as possible. And just know that I have in the past referenced the, the ancient sources that were taken out of the canon by controlling types like the people at Nicaea or or the Deuteronomistic Jews or whatever. Shot right out of the canon. Yeah, just they shot them right out and they're no longer in the Bible. You have to ask yourself, why are certain things in the Bible and why are certain things not? And then when you read the Book of Mormon, you realize the Book of Mormon really doesn't have a lot of good things to say about the Bible and it acknowledges that Or at least the process, uh, the, the corruption it acknowledges of the records. Yeah, it acknowledges it's been corrupted and the records have been taken out. But anyway... It, from a big picture view, this is these are the these are the foundational concepts that I think we need to get into our minds to help us uh, recognize the failings of our of our commonly correlated commonly taught correlated model of the plan of salvation. Progression was going on since the beginning. Wh- whatever that is, we don't. It's always been going on. We don't know. A lot of details about the beginning. This is where a lot of people fall off the wagon. They're like, we can't believe in God because we can't fathom. We can't. We can't uh, comprehend where gods began to be. And that's the whole point of the, the uh, if you could hide a collab. Yeah, I was hymn. just thinking those lyrics. Yeah. There's did a you, lot in those lyrics. Did you know you can sing that to uh, the Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies? I Have did. I done that before you, on you've the done that. You've okay. done that on I this program. I sometimes forget who I've sung that to. It's, it's great. <laughs> I, it's back in one of our, I don't know. Okay, Google one of the first it. episodes. <laughs> I, if you can find that, please comment. Okay, so the, po- the point is progression has been going on. You have been cycling through progression, and we never really talk about that. We just all of a sudden arrive at this point in our discussions where God's having a council and that the people are deciding whether to take his plan or the other plan, which is like this election like you're talking about. That's not what happened. Progression was occurring, and um, you, need, you need to consider that. You were going through cyclical existences to try to refine into a god nothing less than a glorious fiery being to go from a small degree to a great degree from grace to grace from exaltation to exaltation until you sit down to dwell with those who dwell in everlasting burnings it's a paraphrase of joseph smith from april 7th 1844 his final general conference address often referred to as the king fall discourse okay so Boy, when you speed that up, that's going to be really fast. But <laughs> I'll slow down here. Progression has been going on, and S- Lucifer, Satan, was involved in that progression. In fact, he had ascended to some of the highest levels. But the problem was he had a character flaw. He coveted the power of the Most High God, and he went through the totality of the system and began to foment disharmony or disloyalty. 
okay? The gods of light stopped him at a certain point as he tried to ascend back to the top and take the whole thing over, and they proposed a resolution, which was a loyalty test. Now, he was not, at that point, destroyed. He was not, had not at that point, become totally lost. They proposed a test, and the problem was they made him subordinate to Adam in this new eon or sphere or world that they were going to where they were going to prove everyone here with and see if they would do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. Go read Abraham chapter three. This is where we're we're now finally arriving at Abraham chapter three, where the one like unto God or who was like unto the Lord God, this is Adam, made in the image of God, who raised his hand and said, Here am I, send me. He's the one that proposed the test. He said, There's space there. Let us go down. We'll create a world whereon these may dwell. And we will prove them herewith and see if they shall do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. So there have been multiple councils going on. Here we had a council about what to do with these people that were in question, whose loyalty was in question. This world was was proposed, a terrestrial world was proposed, a garden-like world. And somehow during the creation of that world, there was a mutiny. Let's be very clear about that. That's why the the fallen gods had something to do with counterfeiting or stealing or creating a fallen world. They're the ones that caused it to fall. And I'm going to, I'm being very concise. There's a ton there. I'm going to stop there. Bobby's like, he's not quite, it's good. He's not quite lost his patience, but that's, if you can understand that story, you can start to see these themes show up in our literature. It's so resonant that that's what's happening here, that there's a world that has been pulled over your eyes, and it wasn't Adam and Eve. It wasn't this woman who, oh, well, God gave me, uh, the, the Father gods gave me a, an unwinnable situation here, so I'm just going to eat the fruit, and I'll be the one that takes the brunt of all of this. No, in the, in the Gnostic text, she's the one that comes to rescue Adam. He needs her. That's why she's the helpmeet. She's going to help him to get out of the fallen world, because it's harder for him in this world. And, and so, to be perfectly blunt, Adam and Eve, they condescended. They went down willingly knowing full well what they were doing, if you want to know the honest truth. We all went down knowing full well. Those, yeah. The, the, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that because there were many here, that perhaps the seed of Adam and Eve, who were blinded by the, the darkness. But For the, sure. But there are many good ones that came down at the same, right. with that the same mean, cognizance that, of Adam That doesn't and Eve. mean we were all equal, right? Intellectually equal. Progression was think, going on. I this, think a lot of people... because. Right, that we say a third, a third of the people chose to follow Satan. That's always the the phrase. Right? Well, it's the third part. Right, right, but whatever that is. So I think in that two thirds majority, you probably have based on people I've met and people I've seen in my time here on, on on this planet. There's probably a lot of people who just went along because that's what everyone else did. Well, yeah, but here's the problem, Bobby, and I don't think I've ever brought this up. <clears throat> it was it says the third part of the heaven. Right, which heaven? Right. This, these are high-level beings. The seed of, of Adam and Eve, if Adam was peopling a world, a lot of people here are just barely maybe starting out their progression, you know, they're, they're, or they're coming from an even lower state into, sure. into this world. And so that, that's one explanation for why, all the, why so many people are easily— They're the alumni of the young global leaders. <laughs> well, I wonder if the— <laughs> <laughs> the the young global leaders or the this group of people who 
presumes the divine right to rule us are either double agents or they might be high-level beings who have um, chosen to switch sides here, not, not always think, having I, been I, double honestly, agents. Honestly, I don't think they're either of those things. I think that... <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to make a sweeping statement that obviously there are obvious exceptions, but I think people that rise to positions of power in this world, especially political power, are some of the stupidest people to ever walk the planet. And I don't know how they get elected, especially nowadays. We're seeing, keep in mind, we're now seeing sort of the, the blossoming of the fruits of this YGL. It, it's Okay, it was only they only really started infiltrating cabinets and governments, that's their words, fairly recently, right? These young global leaders that are maybe 25 or 30, you know, they needed a decade or two before they can get elected, right? No 23-year-old out of school is going to get elected, although we're starting to see that in like Congress and things. But look at people like uh I don't know, Garcetti, and I don't know, we'll have to look him up. I don't know if he's a YGL alum not, or not, but he's the mayor of LA, right? Yesterday, the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles. Yes, lots it of, was. Lots of maskless celebrities, right? Well, the week, couple weeks prior, the, NF, the NFC championship game was also in LA because LA had home field advantage, the LA Rams. And it just so happened that the Super Bowl was played at their home stadium. That's never happened before until last year when Tampa Bay played in their home stadium, and now it's happened two years in a row. The simulation is broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that's, but, that's but let me finish my point about yeah. So at the NFC Championship game, Mayor Garcetti was at the game unmasked, even though LA has a mask mandate. He was unmasked, and he was called out on it. And what did he say? I held my breath for the photo. <laughs> He didn't inhale. He was photographed many times yesterday without holding a mask his breath. on. And people say he now holds the world record for holding his breath. He's held his breath now for three hours at the Super Bowl. But yeah. you had all these celebrities, right? The Super Bowl is a spectacle for a lot of different reasons. And it's symbolic and it's, you know, it's bread and circus. It's, an, it's a ritual. It is. They a, did, it, it's a ritual. That's something that we were going to talk about briefly uh, and let's get to that in a minute. It, there was some symbolism last night, although not necessarily. I, I haven't done a deep dive on it yet, so but, I, have, but, I haven't either. But the point is, here, here are all these these god kings, these people who believe that they're the elite rulers by divine rights, whether they're celebrities and entertainers or politicians, flouting the rules right in our face, knowing that this morning uh, a million kids or more in. Los Angeles County are masked up in school right now while we're recording this. Right, right, right. So bringing this and back- also a million service workers that work at, you know, fast food restaurants and millions. Right, yeah. fast food and in grocery LA. stores yeah. and cleaning services and auto body shops are all probably masked up. Yeah, but not Garcetti. Well, well, and we we want to talk about the individuals here involved, but getting back to the bigger picture, which which you brought up in the in the broken simulation, because the interplay between the gods of light and the fallen gods who who rebelled and took over the the world during its creation and and it contributed to the creation and to the to the simulation here or whatever you want to call it the matrix, they um 
they've essentially booby trapped the world. It's a trap. They're trying to like vampires trying to steal our energy, like the the machines in the Matrix, right? Because they don't have access to the life giving energy of the father and the mother. That's how they power themselves, and that's how they subsist. It's very vampiric. It's very dark. By the way, if you ever want to experience a good Adam and Eve allegory, watch Groundhog Day. And then listen to our deep dive on Groundhog Day, the movie. Yes, good, good point. Anyway, the, you were mentioning how the simulation is broken and how the, the gods of light, it seems that they, they, they clearly are more powerful and that they have a sense of humor because they continue to interject or cause events to, they, they modify events here. The bad guys think they have full control. The young global leaders or whoever's controlling them and whoever's controlling that group, you know, whatever, if they're two, three, four layers, layers down, they're in league with Satan. They're very much a cult. They definitely are imitating the systems of order that, that, that from the worlds that they came from. They think they can control. They think they've, they've modified things in such a way that they think they can live forever in their sins, okay? <clears throat> to, use, to borrow a, some scriptural language. And they would like to have this full-on, total, evil dark world that they that they manage but the problem is that light has a foothold here in fact it's more powerful and they continue to <laughs> help <laughs> in such a way that the good people of the world have a choice they can see and that's why this is a loyalty test you can side with the evil or you can side with the light they're they're always presented on equal footing and so it as Hugh Nibley said it tests the true essence of a being that's it's it's a situation that allows for for fair testing i think is the way he puts it and you can pick between the bad side or the good side and there's always enough information given that it, that the true essence of a person can be demonstrated in the choices that they make. Wherefore, men are free to choose eternal life. Liberty and eternal li life. Or captivity and death. Yeah, there's Nephi for you. Yeah, I think it's actually Jacob that says <clears throat> that, right? But Yeah, I think that's in... Chapter 9? Some Second Nephi? Yeah, I think so. I think so you're right. Choose liberty and life, according to the plan that's of the why, great mediator. That's why I think that... You know, I mentioned that the, the gods of light, the good gods, will wink at us now and again uh, to well, let us but know. But now it's becoming like almost uh, just painfully obvious. Like right. It, the absurdities. Right. Oh, the, if, you, the, if you want to side with Trudeau, you have to swallow a lot of absurdity or right. just be totally blind and, and, and have farmed well, out. Well, I your, know people that are siding with Trudeau and think that the military should go in there and just sweep these guys off the face of the earth. You know them personally? I know one or of them on personally. <laughs> I know I know one of them. He he is Canadian. Okay. And he's just like a bunch of Nazis taking over the city. Really? And it's like Is it cuz he just hasn't looked any further? He's just only believes I think their he's propaganda. He's just watching the watching the news. Cuz see that's how they get a lot of good people. Fortunately, God is going to judge at the the good gods will judge at the end of this like, "Oh, you were just blinded by the evil." You know. I mean, even let me uh, the CBC, which is the Canadian broadcast channel or something like that. It's the Canada's state media. Canada's BBC. They've got a, they've got a, uh, this was posted yesterday and I didn't read the article cause I don't want to, but this is the, <laughs> the headline. Well, this is their tweet. <clears throat> the word, <clears throat> excuse me, the word has become common among far right groups. Experts say, <laughs> and you're experts like, always, okay, what's the word? And then the headline, why the word freedom is such a useful rallying cry for protesters. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and it's so, absurd. So freedom is now a trait of the far right. You know what, though? Looking at some of these, I, did, did you read the article I sent you? It was, it was not written by Barry Weiss, but it was hosted on her substack. It was someone who lives in Ottawa. Yeah, is on the ground. I didn't read that carefully, but I went through it. She had some great pictures of these truckers. Yeah, the portraits were awesome. And, and, uh, and here, here's the bottom line. Those truckers are not, they're not uh, just all the, one in the same. They're a diverse group. There's men. There's women. Plus, there's women. like 8,000 to 10,000 of them out there. There's, and, ha- and there have been for like three weeks. There's, there's native Canadians. There's immigrants. There's rich people. There's poor people or middle class people. There's people who are concerned about their jobs. There's vaccinated people. Well, there's unvaccinated people. What it... What it, rep- what, it, what it reveals is that these are the people, the real they're, people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're people. And it's not monolithic. They're not Nazi flags being waved around. They're not, there's no violence. There's no... There's no, uh, uh, no desecrating of the war memorial <laughs> right, where what? they moved, they moved the barrier. Yeah, that's they, what they I'm moved the for. barrier to, to uh, solemnly pay homage there and clean it up. <laughs> And it's a, it's a very, this is why I keep coming back to this. It is a very, it will be a very telling ending about the future of our Western democracies. Let's see how this is resolved. Maybe I'm putting too much weight on it, but it, I really worry because this has all the ingredients to go, <clears throat> to go very, very poorly, to end very badly. Well, and how will, <laughs> let's imagine... Uh, let's imagine the the two kind of extreme outcomes. One, Trudeau comes out and wipes all all the mandates. Now, some of these mandates, I think Ford, who is the premier of Ontario, uh, Ontario, I don't know. He, um, you're you're far more he, up to date he's on announced, Cana- Canadian. He's announced politics. that mandates will be lifted on March first, but I don't know why. Two weeks away, but. Yeah, why not now? I think his brother was, I think, the mayor of Toronto. So and, he's a Ford, <clears throat> and his brother was a was a mess. Um, he died of like a drug overdose, like I think while in office. Doug Ford. <clears throat> Doug Ford is he the current one or is that the brother that died? Anyway, uh, he's the current one. I can't remember his. I believe his brother was the mayor of Toronto and was like a character, like really, kind of like a. Uh, he was just kind of a mess. He was a, an open drug addict and died, I believe. Maybe I'm m- misremembering all of this. Maybe that was him and he didn't die. Maybe there's, there's no brother. Maybe it was just him all along and I'm confusing myself. But the point is, these, this, these truckers are not monolithic. They're a very diverse group of people and they all want different things that are kind of underlined under this horrible horrible concept called freedom but they want to be able to make a living freely they want to be able to travel freely they don't like the mandates they don't like the tyranny this isn't about the shots anymore it's it's, by the way robert ford his brother was the mayor of toronto and did pass away okay that's yeah rob ford so you're remembering but so again let's let's kind of reset who who are these people that are running the world right now well, let's go down the list here because this is interesting. Let me, let me just read a few of these. Before you do that, let me give okay. you from the horse's mouth the vision and mission. This is from the younggloballeaders.org, and it's a .org, so we know they're a good group of people. Does that stand for orgy? 
It stands I'm not for, familiar with stands the dot for, org. It stands for Trustworthy Philanthropic Organization. Okay. The Forum of Young Global Leaders accelerates the impact of a diverse community of responsible leaders across borders and sectors to shape a more inclusive and sustainable future. Those are words. That's a word salad. That is not a sentence. <laughs> and then they go on to say they inspire, connect, transform. Our growing membership of more than 1,400 members and alumni of 120 nationalities includes civic and business innovators, entrepreneurs, technology pioneers, educators, activists, artists, journalists, and more. Actors. These are not just politicians. Mark Zuckerberg is at YGL. Why Now, why would Mark Zuckerberg be in the YGL? Because I thought he was just a kid in a dorm that created Facebook. You've got a... Bono is an alumni of YGL. Bono is? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's, let's go back to Zuckerberg because it's not just Zuckerberg, it's Larry Page. Larry Page, the founder of Google. Uh, Jack Ma. Founder of Alibaba. Alibaba. And he got all caught in the dragnet over there in uh, China. They kind of disappeared him for a while and re-educated him. So they didn't... Looks like China's trying to take matters into their own hands in a certain way. Uh, yeah, they probably have their own YGL. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, Jimmy Whale, founder of Wikipedia. Right. Nicholas Zenstrom, founder of Skype. Okay, so here you have some of the most influential tech companies that are also responsible for some of the most egregious censorship and mind programming, mind washing, mind raping. You've also got a lot of people. Uh, involved in Hollywood that you wouldn't know. Not necessarily they, the actors, but people who are, uh, you know, script writers and right. producers. Right, they list on this page Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. But this, I, I, I get the sense this is fairly truncated. If, if we go to the top, they, they list some of the more influential ones, and this is really important. You've got three members of royalty, right, to start off with. A princess of, crown princess of Sweden, Crown Prince of Norway, and the Crown Prince of Denmark. These are countries that I think we forget how influential these, these countries were in the development of the Western world. They were incredibly powerful, seafaring nations, traded a lot, and they have some highly congruous cultures right now, uh, very successful countries. Interestingly, Sweden disregarded all of the regular coronavirus Right. I don't know if Garbage. their current president is YGL or not. They got a lot of people in the news industry, including Fox Darling, Maria Bertiromo. Uh You have a lot of people that work in newsrooms. Uh, B- here's a guy at BBC, a guy at CNBC, the editor-in-chief of the Arab News in Saudi Arabia, uh, independent journalists in the u.s uh, i'm just going down a list here this is their list this is not yeah. some well you mentioned <clears throat> before jacinda ardern prime minister of new zealand alexander de Croux, prime minister of belgium emmanuel macron president of france uh sana marin prime minister of finland carlos alvarado quesada president of costa rica then it goes through a bunch of cabinet member type of positions so those are the big here you have justin fox he works for bloomberg you have the editor-in-chief of reuters in the uk um you have journalists in australia down at the bottom chinese of the list, journalists down at the bottom of the list here they have uh, pete 
butt gig. Is that Buttigieg? (laughs) He's the U.S. Secretary of Transportation. Uh, That was interesting. Did not know that. But uh, so, but and of course they don't have uh, Justin Trudeau on this list. They've got they've got Dan Dan Crenshaw, who is supposed to be like a liberty-minded guy. He is he's alumni. Really? Yeah. Let me let me see if I can look up. Let's see here if I can find him. But so the question is, what do they? What does this forum do? What do they do? Well, do you have queued up Klaus saying the infiltration quote, or he actually says we penetrate the cabinets? What's should should we just read it, or do you want to have him read it, or you could read it with the voice? You could do your Klaus Schwab. I think you do better Klaus Schwab than I do. I have to say, then I mention. Then it, it says then. It's because he said when. Then. Then. I have to say then I mention the names like Ms. Merkel, even Vladimir Putin, and so on. They have all been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But what we are really proud of now, this is a young generation like Prime Minister Trudeau, President of Argentina, and so on, is that... We penetrate the cabinets. It is true in Argentina. It is also true in the France now. That sounds more like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Close enough. <clears throat> Klaus Schwab isn't quite that. I'm going to have to work on my voices to, to really like come up to the level of, of the Bobby Flood voice. So let me, I'm, I'm looking up here. Let's see. I don't want to watch that. But Dan, anyway, Cren- a- Dan Crenshaw apparently denies his involvement. Involvement. So, so Mr. Schwab here uh, was speaking at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government in a video in this article we're going to link to titled Klaus Schwab's Puppet Young Global Leaders Revealed. And uh, <clears throat> it, is, it is kind of interesting. So, so clearly they've penetrated... <laughs> government and the minds of the people this is in a lot of ways this is this is quite obviously this is like the uh, the conspiracy playing out in real time we see it we is see it an that- unmasking of the conspiracy or is it the thing that gets the rug pulled are we are you ready to talk about that or do you want to yeah, talk let's, about let's introduce it let's bring it in because i think it's relevant okay but Maybe while you're doing that, I'm going to do a little bit of quick thing because I still want to figure out what what do these people do? What does the YGL do? Because they have actual meetings. It's not just like, oh, we like you. You should be in our club. No, they go to these things and they talk. They sit around in a banquet room and eat they bad. They talk about penetration. They, have, they sit there and they have bad food and they, they have these these conferences where they conference. You can go to the breakout sessions where we talk about penetration. <laughs> Or we talk about Fidel Castro. Take your peek. And penetration. And penetration. Okay, you introduce. Okay, well, I'll introduce the Corona Circus article. You can check out for a moment. The, the reason the Corona Circus article is significant here. Now, the Corona Circus article is entitled Season of Sacrifice. I want, I want to just say a few things about the Corona Circus guys really appreciate their work, but I don't necessarily agree with all of it. Now, it doesn't mean you have to agree with me, but if you're interested in the opinion of Mr. Bruno here, 
I think they're I think they're misunderstanding certain cosmological ideas because they they tend to downplay what I would call eschatology, the idea that we really are in the end times, and it's become very clear and uh, that there are the gods of light that are that are going to intervene at some point or are intervening. And, in, and and directly influencing the outcome of the of the loyalty test here of the fallen world, I I, I don't think they. I'm just not happy with kind of how they articulate certain ideas in the face of of my understanding of that. Now I'm I'm not saying I understand it all perfectly either, but they have, with that caveat, they have really really good introspective comments on what's going on and. And so I think they they they're worth reading and struggling through and trying to understand what they're saying. The article that they wrote is entitled "Season of Sacrifice," and the the this was released on February 11th. Uh, a friend of the podcast brought my attention to this. I, otherwise, I might not have seen it for a month because they haven't been they haven't been writing anything for a while. Yeah, I've, I usually try to go. I I check them out maybe once a month to see if there's anything new, but I hadn't seen that till you yeah. mentioned it either. And I think it was very timely because you wanted to talk about young global leaders. And so if you're going to talk about the young global leaders, the problem is that Klaus Schwab is a comic book villain. It's You've been programmed to recognize him. The world has been programmed to recognize him. And even though a small percentage, you know, 20, 30% of the po- population is under a mass psychosis and is unwilling to admit it, the end goal may very well be that the other 70% recognizes the comic book villain and fights against him in order to destroy society. And that is what Corona Circus is, is offering here. And I think it's something we need to consider because we're damned if we do and damned if we don't, right? If on one hand, we just let lay down and take it, then the, the Justin Castro's of the world are going to run roughshod over our rights, right? But the situation is so badly advanced where an oligarchy, uh, the robber barons, whoever, the philanthropists, whatever whatever you want to call these guys, the oligarchs of Russia, whoever they are, the ultra-rich have so much power now and control the, the levers of government to the point where they actually control the militaries and they make the the equipment for the militaries and they've purchased the generals and they own the 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 surveillance operations that if if the people rise up it it would be difficult to actually turn the tide against that because the whole system feeds them and they control our food in in a very significant way if uh if you really look into it the food that you eat on average if you live in a suburb, if you live in a, a city and you're not farming, the food that you eat generally travels about 1,500 miles on average before it hits your table. That's a long distance. You, we're disconnected from our food. That's why Catherine Austin Fitz would say you need to know your banker and know your farmer. And, and that, those are the basic elements of a society. You know, Food, shelter, and societal trade facilitated by money. Well, anyway, Corona Circus here posits the idea that the Corona Circus is a psyop. It is a circus. I like how they chose it because it's just absurd in so many ways, the things that have been put out there and what they've they've gotten people to participate in. 
And that's going to bring us around to the the Super Bowl halftime show in a minute because we are participating in a ritualistic activities at the end of the day. It's very clear where we've that the, the, the oligarchy at the very top level is a cult and they do want to try to involve the world in mass ritual. The masking is a ritual. The watching of the media f- buying into the programming that's ritualistic anyway well and i've i've said and i'll continue to say that this has all also been he calls his article season of sacrifice this has been a massive human sacrifice oh many people have I, been and, killed. I, and i mean that in the i don't mean that metaphorically i mean it literally especially yes. a, a sacrifice of kids of young people how many we don't talk about it because you know you, we don't talk about bruno sorry <laughs> sorry wrong bruno? <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong. My my daughter's been watching Encanto a lot. So Encanto, okay. I haven't seen that. We don't talk. There's about, a Bruno in there. Well, there's a song. It's very popular called "We Don't Talk About Bruno." Oh, I don't know much about it because I haven't seen the movie either. But I'm I guessing that was that, song. that was strategically created to cast aspersions on our podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. We also don't talk about the millions upon millions of kids who have who are starving to death. Did you see the ad in the Super Bowl? It was, a, I believe, a T-Mobile ad yesterday that clowned on the... You remember, the, in, these were real popular in the 80s when we were growing up, the celebrity sing-alongs, you know, We Are the World, the fundraisers for kids in Africa and things like that. Oh, is that what they were doing? I was at a, I was at a family party where it was really loud and I wasn't paying a lot of close attention right. to it. I was having a fun conversation in the background with somebody, but I saw one where Miley Cyrus, I think, looked like a much older woman. And there were a lot of celebrities that were doing the in-studio singing about about T-Mobile b- being better yeah. than Verizon. Is that what it was? Something I only like saw, that. But they but they were like they were talking about adopt. You know, do it for a phone. Oh for, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, do it for the phone. Adopt a phone. And I thought that that's actually really kind of offensive because as silly as maybe some of those fundraisers we, we are the were, world. they yeah. they had a nominally good cause behind them. I say nominally because I've. When, I have no idea where well, we, that money went. We don't know how went. much money got to the Ethiopians. But, but the fact but is that there are starving. a lot of really sick, starving children. And the pandemic, the <clears throat> pandemic response made that even worse. The supply chains that were getting food and aid to some of these kids stopped. And so the, they were estimating even early on that there was 100 million additional kids starving now. Oh, yeah. And, and the, so, and the really I, sad irony is that none of those mid-Saharan or sub-Saharan African countries are even having a any problem with e- even a perceived problem with coronavirus. Right. It's all y- 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 the only t- place I know somebody that's recently been over there, and the only place you're going to see masks are at the airport where they have to make an appearance. But they, you can buy ivermectin over the counter. They routinely do it for parasitic inf- uh, infections and they don't have a problem over there. Well, I also think Because they're that, not testing. I also think that there's no reason for the global leaders, young and old, to, to further erode those countries because they're well, pretty they're much- They're the rock, colonies. They're, right. They're pretty much at a rock bottom state when you think about modernity and government. Their governments corrupt. are already corrupt. Yeah. And the they're people, easily controlled. The people are already suffering. So that's why I think a lot of this circus has been focused on the West, the Western world. But millions upon millions of kids who didn't need to die have died. And I think it's part of the ritual. Well, millions of adults that did. Millions of, Old, upon millions people, of people, yeah. right. They, yeah, they, they, he mentions that, that 
last uh, spring of 2020, they sacrificed old people. Yeah. In nursing homes. So th- this idea that they require sacrifice and they involve us in ritual is really significant. Let me, let me really quickly finish the thought that I was making and you jump right in. The point is this, these guys are positing the idea that this Corona Circus PSYOP is very sophisticated. And I'm reading kind of from their website. They say, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. The Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, Fauci, CNN narrative is the thesis the Fox News, Sky News, Australia, China did it narrative is the antithesis. The synthesis has yet to become fully apparent. Now, if you haven't listened very long or you haven't studied this stuff, they're making reference to the Hegelian dialectic, Hegel being a German philosopher, and um, a lot of these, call them communist types or status types in the, in the 19th century when Marx was becoming popular, when they were making their their efforts to consolidate power and get into government and, and sort of merging in with the robber barons and, and, and deciding on their strategies, they uh, have determined that following this pattern of Hegel, where you have a, two opposing ideas, a, a thesis and an antithesis, fight against each other, and then you take two steps forward, one step back towards your goal, that that's, that's a good way to change society. That's, that's what they're making a reference to here. But he, uh, or Icarus, is, is what is it, Icarus that wrote this article? Um, whoever that is. He says, the PSYOP is sophisticated and that you have two sides, the Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab side, and then the Fox News, Sky, Sky News Australia side. And um, of course, we know there, and he knows that there are more sides than that. It's just that those are the two divide and conquer, divide, uh, you know, opposition sides. You're supposed to pick one of those sides to join with, and uh, so that the war, the mind war, the the civil war, the the world war, whatever it is, so that that can fully play out according to their plans, and. That's important because the idea we're trying to introduce here is that on one hand, you have the young global leaders, which you've, you've brought up. And my question to you, Bobby, is are, are we supposed to be fighting against the young global leaders or is it you're damned if you do, damned if you don't? They're, they're going to collapse society either way. And Icarus here is correct that they, they want you to see Klaus Schwab as a comic book villain so what what do you think? You, you see, you get, you get. Did I articulate that well enough, listeners? Somebody pipe in here. Yes, I think you did. <laughs> yeah, I think you Recap did. Recap it. I, I go. He 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 mentions there. I assume it's a he. Icarus. Icarus. That it's all. I'm going to call him Icarus because just out of convenience, it, he, it is spelled Icarus. But. He says it's all kayfabe, kayfabe, kayfabe. It's all a stage. It's all fake. It's all performative. And I think he's right. It is all performative. We're meant to be angry and confused, and we're meant to pick a side. And they, they've created these comic book caricature sides, right? Either you're a MAGA-wearing, Trump-supporting, flag-wearing, gun-toting, Bible-thumping, deplorable, or you're a purple-haired, vegan, mask-wearing, triple-jab, liberal, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? They... they, they and there are certainly people on those extremes, but most people, again, the truckers kind of demonstrate this, are a mix of all of these things. Well, they're just the regular people. They're just people, right? Go, go, go walk around in your community right now, and you'll notice that most people are just people well, trying is, to make a living, trying to make it through life, keep their head above water. 
enjoy a, f- a vacation every year. They're not extremists. They don't pay attention to clowns like Klaus Schwab. They probably don't even know who that is. They may not even be watching the news. They wear a mask because that's what they're supposed to do, and they don't want to rock the boat. They go, they, Maybe they go get the shot because that's what they're supposed to do because their governor or their prophet or somebody told them to go and do it. So, okay, sure, I'll go do it, and they don't think much about it. These are, the, these are just the regular, I think they're casualties of the mind war. They're casualties of the PSYOP, right? And then there are people on either end that are fighting it. And I think in some ways, most, I, think mo, I think most people, even the people on the wrong side, whatever that side is, according to you know, your own perspective, probably think they're doing the right thing. I think that there are people genuinely who genuinely believe they're doing the right thing when they say, we got to go wipe those truckers off the face of the earth with guns, because look at them. Look at what they're doing to our democracy. It's an insurrection. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's people like the truckers themselves who believe they're doing the right thing by doing what they're doing. The question is, who is right? Well, or, I, or are they all wrong <laughs> altogether? All the sects are wrong. <clears throat> well, I, I want to just point out that I think that the truckers represent something other than the Fox News, Sky News, Australia antithesis. The truckers represent, as you've already said... <clears throat> Regular people. The people. We the people. But, and I think that's the gods of light smiling upon us because I, I think that the, the, yes, we can see that Klaus Schwab is a caricature. And the problem is that a lot of the regular people, even if they don't buy, buy the Fox News, Sky News Australia thing, are likely to be repulsed by, to rebel against the Trudeaus of the world and the vaccine mandates. And so that's why it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because your choice is to submit to the tyranny or to stand up and fight it. Now, uh, I think that uh, well, Icarus here, he suggests that the bad guys have miscalculated and they won't be able to control it because humanity will overcome. But I also... I want to add to that that I think that's evidence of the gods of light at work. The problem is that the conflagration that is created produces the eschatology that he sort of wants to downplay. Right. I think it's kind of a mouthful. I think it is a matter of you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because if you submit to tyranny, you're living under tyranny. If you fight against tyranny, tyranny is going to shoot you in the face, and then you live under tyranny. Unless you fight and win. There are rare cases like the American experiment where they beat back tyranny. And they, but that right. was Under, largely due to their lack of proximity to tyranny. So right. uh, not only do I hope, not only do I believe against, that we're... against all odds. Yeah, not only do I believe we're in the end times, but I, I do believe that... Well, I, I believe it, but I also hope it because I really hope that it's not going to be damned if you do, damned if you don't. I really do pray that the gods, that Jesus will return, that he will come quickly, because that's really our only hope here. Right. Because Healthy if, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, you're my only you're hope. Going, I mean, if you're going to fight tyranny, you better win, and you better win decisively. Because if you don't, tyranny, not only are you going to live under tyranny, but those people will not forget that you fought against them, and it will be hell on earth. And this is, this is why, well, it is hell on earth. I mean, but I know, but I mean, that to, in the, I mean that in the Mad Max kind no, no, of no, way. No, 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 you're right. It's, and we've always vacillated between some form of order and hell on earth. It's, and and, and the, the hell on earth moments are usually short-lived while somebody gets control, and then you have a period of relative 
peace relative because you're at least not fighting a bloody war, right? And you've got an right, example in the Book of Mormon where you've got an example in the Book of Mormon where Nephi prays for a famine, so they'll stop warring and they'll focus on something else. I mean, this is this is just the history of the world. But in in our case, what's encouraging, and I brought this up on the podcast before, is the winks and the nods from the God, from from our Father, from our heavenly parents, and Jesus. I don't, I don't want to not sound Christian, but I do think the gods of light is an appropriate moniker, an appropriate appellation for them. That's who I'm talking about. Um, those winks and nods come in, in, in interesting ways, like just <laughs> how absurd these, these evil people, the, the uh, CNN narrative group looks, how, how they just are all the time stepping in it. And... Right. They're losing credibility right and left. And then uh, other things, we just want to mention this really quick, like the earthquake that yanked the trumpet out of the hands of the angel Moroni. If that was, wasn't was a sign, what is a sign? I mean, that was too in your face right. to not be very clearly something. So, so they're at work. There are things happening. But is the absurdity part of the collapse? Is the, yes. absurd, it, the, the absurdity is by but design. But they weren't in control of the, of the trumpet. They no, may they be, weren't. That's... But they may be, they may be uh, setting up, and this is where the article gets to the rug pull idea. They, meaning the higher up oligarchy, may be setting up people like the son of Castro or uh, Joe Biden or whatever. I mean, Joe Biden. Uh, He's too absur- old to be a young global leader. But it's absurdity beyond belief that the. Right. I mean, that that's causing <laughs> the destruction of media right there. A lot of people think, oh, the media is going to going to be telling us all these things and that they'll maintain credibility. So, no, no, the destruction of the media is part of the program, right? They're not going to outlive all of this when they, when they won't tell the, at least some level of truth. Well, and we've, we've posited this idea. Is that the right word? Posited? That's yeah, a, to that's, theorize. That's, to dumb, that's put, kind of a dumb word forth. if you think about it. No one, no one says that in real conversation. I said hubris the other day, and my sister was like, who put, says that? No to, one says hubris. To put forth as a basis of our argument. No, you need to start using hubris in your... <laughs> I, no, I said important. it's the perfect word for, it's the, the perfect for word. what's going on. Yeah, posit's a good word. To put forth as the basis of an argument. Well, we've posited, uh, we've, we've posited the idea that the, the distrust... You in, can say proposed if you want to sound more... In sound our... less highfalutin. In our... In our society, the, the lack of, basically the destruction, the collapsing of our institutions is all part of the plan so they can build back better. And, and so they want us to lose, if, 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 none, if nobody in the country believes that the news is trustworthy, if nobody believes that the government is trustworthy and all facets of the government, if nobody believes that the banks are trustworthy or that religions are trustworthy or that hospitals are trustworthy or that the entertainment industry is trustworthy or credible or whatever word you want to use, then we can all, again, I'm think, trying to think that where the, where the oligarchy comes in and all of this, then they can say, see... It's all collapsed. It's none, and we need to build these well, see, things I'll tell back. You what I, I'll tell you better. what I think won't collapse is some of the big corporations, the, well, the Halliburtons of the well, world. Well, because they fund things like the WEF, they're just part of it. Yeah, all. but they're gonna. But I think that's what's going to happen is they're going to say they're going to pull the rug out from under their um, 
what would you call them? They're patsies, right? Like Trudeau, you could consider possibly to be a patsy. Or oh, Biden oh, of course he is. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're expendable birdcage liner, right? They're not the bird. They're the bird birdcage liner. This is an Alex Jones analogy. So the, the, the oligarchy can always change the birdcage liner, but they're the bird that's crapping on you. It's that, right. that left-right paradigm bird, the left wing and the right wing. It's, right. You're, you're the, pro- the problem is you're at the bottom of the cage getting crapped on. But you could still have these uh, corporations collapse because the leaders of them are protected. And they're just, they can just say, like Bill Gates. Bill Gates became a, quote, good guy when he created when he became a philanthropist and not a monopolist well, well let me tell you how i think it, it might they might imagine this this uh playing out and to the chagrin of somebody like trudeau and yacinda ardern the the people rise up and so then it becomes very apparent that trudeau can't because he's done too many stupid things he well, he's losing continue. his mind he's yeah. losing his mind well and he can't continue to run canada because the people recognize that that's the great thing that the oligarchy has going for them is that they have these puppets that take all the flack. Yeah, they're right? it, even it, even if people hate Bill Gates, he's still not the guy that they throw out of office. Right, and and nobody knows how much stock he owns in your local hospital or whatever. So he still he persists while while Joe Biden goes by the wayside. So what I think what I think is likely to ha- happen, and this is where the Corona Circus guys talk about the rug pull theory. And that's that's where the rug gets pulled out from under the Fauci's and the Trudeau's and the Biden's and the Pelosi's of the world. And maybe in a really, really big way, like a lot of turnover, maybe even changes to uh, to to fundamental aspects of our government, like the Constitution. See, if you contrast this with the article we've posted by uh, who was it? Hoffman. Right. Lee. Leo Hohman. I can't remember. Anyway, Leo this, Ho, Ho, Le Holman. This, this is the one on the, the young global leaders. Mm-hmm. They, they seem to, the people that are just focusing on the young global leaders, they're like, oh, look, they have a world constitution and a world parliament that they're trying to implement. Well, yeah, that's true, but they're unlikely to get that with all the nationalistic sentiment. They need a war to then go and implement some of that stuff, right? They need a, a, a far larger conflagration. And, and a lot of these people that seem to be pushing that are likely to be destroyed in that conflagration, like Trudeau, like Biden, like Merkel, maybe even Putin. I don't know. Uh, Putin seems to be pretty well entrenched there in Russia. But the way, the way this rug pull works, I think, is that the, the rug gets pulled out from under the, the visible leaders People get a reprieve, so they think, from the immediate problem, causing even greater problems in their in their culture. Uh, perhaps civil war, perhaps greater war, um, shifts in government, uh, big destruction. But the society, what I think the oligarchy does not intend to do is totally collapse the society. Meaning they want to continue to provide goods and services. Okay. And then they, then, then they, through well, their, they, their power and influence, they, they then shape the new. They can do that because the they government. can, they can create the illusion of autonomy and freedom, like the John Stone article, right? As long as you can go out and buy a gun and yeah, and watch Netflix, you think you're free, right? And so the Corona Circus guys <clears throat> argue that there's not a singular world government that's going to uh, appear. That's that was never the intention we of the have, oligarchy. We they already intend to have, have a multi. One. 
We they, have that. No, but, but the, we don't have it's, it in appearance, right? Like a lot right. of people argue George Soros is going to take over or the, the communists are going to take over and they want a one world government. No, it would never look like that. It's always going to be Eurasia, East Asia, and Oceania. Sure. But think about, think about March 2020. All of, these, all of these countries, almost without exception, were all saying the same thing at the same time, doing the same things, right? We're all in this together. Stay home, stay safe. All of these same buzzwords. Yeah. You had candidates. You had Biden, Boris Johnson, Trudeau, all saying "build back better." I th- and behind it all, who who funds it all? It's these big corporations. We already have what you could call a one-world government that is run by this. You know what? What uh, the author the uh, Hopkins that we've talked about? What's his first name? C.J. C.J. Hopkins Factory. calls. Uh, global Corp, right? Yeah. Or, or Mr. Global, Catherine Austin right. Fitz. No, I get that. But but I'm saying a lot of people that are just waking up, they're afraid that it's going to happen like in an obvious way. Like it's going to be some kind of Hunger Games situation. Yeah. And they don't need to do that. The, yeah, they really, already have effective really control. Really, all, like all that's left, all that's left, all that's left is for them to co- create a digital currency. Whether that's a one-world currency or not is irrelevant. If they can create these uh, digital currencies, these global coins, you know, gov coins, whatever you want to call them, that's the end. That's the end. They don't need a global currency. They just need a few regional currencies. Right, that they control. Yeah. I'm not, when I say digital currency, I don't mean electronic banking with, the, with the, your dollars. I mean a new currency a new currency altogether that would replace your dollars. That would mean significant turmoil in the dollar-denominated markets. Well, the dollar would go away. It would disappear. It would become yeah, worthless. But I mean, that means, imagine the process. That's a... But imagine the control. Right. You, you, you donated a sandwich. I, I mentioned this last week. You donated a sandwich to the truckers. You get a, a dock and pay. Give... So... Remember what GoFundMe did, right? They froze those funds. They tried to steal them. Well, a lot of people said, we're going we're gonna to donate through Give, Send, Go or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, do you know what happened there? No, I don't. The donor lists for Give, Send, Go were hacked or stolen and now are being public, published. Oh, so they're doxing these people. So they're doxing people and people are looking at it going, oh, man, that's one of my coworkers. I know someone in there. So... <clears throat> Well, are those donors now are going to face consequences? Some of them will anyway. Some of them are going to get fired. There's going to be some boss that's like, you gave to the truckers, you insurrectionists. You're gone. We're, you, we can't have you here. Yeah. These are just little teeny hints at what's going to happen with a GovCoin. I've always called it GovCoin. I think that's a good point. And that's the only thing. I think that's the only thing left or the biggest thing left. Because once they have that, once they control your finances completely, and can so can, it, can shut it off at the flick of a switch or dock you pay or give you a raise for good behavior or whatever, it's over. So remember, I don't think they get to this without a big conflagration, war, massive, massive changes in society. So it doesn't necessarily look like your your vaccine passport that's on your phone right now or whatever. But is it is it possible that, and I don't think you're saying that either. You're saying this is the, the end goal. They're ba- essentially beta testing a bunch of the features of they're, their... They're of ins- their they're conditioning us for us to yeah okay we have all this this crypto crypto paid a lot of money to advertise yesterday in the super bowl Did they? i was curious about that um 
you had one of the ads I actually liked with Larry David that turned out to be a Coinbase uh, ad. Hmm. But looks uh, like Bitcoin's up today. But I wonder about I I I I wonder if some of these uh, cryptos like like Bitcoin is all part of the psyop too. Yeah. Well, my yeah. Who is uh? What's the Satoshi? What's the name of the founder of Bitcoin that nobody knows about? Right. Is it all just a matter of conditioning us to a different type of currency that's really cool and really valuable and it's independent? Yeah, Satoshi Nakamoto. Come on, you, there's no way, there's no way that the powers that be are going to let a well, independent currency exist that they don't control. Right yeah. now, they already the value of it's already tied up in the U.S. dollar. Well, a lot of people want to say Bitcoin is independent and and you can be uh, private and everything on it, whatever. No, they they track you. They've been tracking down people that have stolen it. The blockchain is public. You can reverse engineer that, and it's meant to be. Uh, it's meant to be visible and trackable. That's the whole thing. It's just. It's just not. It's supposed to not be controllable by the Fed, and it's supposed to be a finite, a perfectly scarce right. resource. Bitcoin. So they're going to pull the rug out. We're all going to fall down. When we get back up, we're going to realize my dollars are worthless. Right. So the my job is gone because that company and everything is gone. There are no more jobs. I'm going to be assigned a job. Mm -hmm. so, so my question is, and I'm trying to keep trying to break in here. Is the vaccine passport push right now? Is that simply like a a, a head fake? Like, oh, you thought we were going to do this, but here it's GloveCoin, GovCoin. It's uh, we, we I don't think a head fake. I think it's a conditioning. It's because I to don't get see... us to accept the fact that we have to qualify ourselves to participate in society. Yeah, and then everybody. But they might say, but okay, it, it we'll, lift the, a, it, we'll lift, yeah, the lift the mandates. We'll lift the I think that's what I've seen coming here. And for the next six is, months, we think freedom won. That's the fake great awakening that... Then the rug is totally Icarus pulled out from under, the, from under the economy where everything crashes and you need a new currency. And we propose, because the, Look at, because the private cryptos are so unstable, we propose a, a government-run solution. Look at history. Just the The... Financial atrocities that have occurred or been allowed to occur after market crashes, right? Oh, just the amount of uh, re readjustment and money pumped in the economy after the 2008 crash, that was, that was the end of our economy right there. Well, and look at, look at last year in, in, two, in 2020, you know, tons of, of stimmies, you know, we're calling them stimmies now because we oh, love cause them. it's cute. Yeah. And of course, all of the 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 transfer of wealth from the middle class to the upper 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 class you know we've talked about how the billionaires have become bajillionaires but the bazillionaires and so uh all they need to do is pull that rug out from under us and this time make it so bad that it's not just a stock market crash but there are no there is no food on the shelves right there, and for a long period of time, every you, you've mentioned what are we? We're all three days away from becoming hardened barbarism. Criminals. Yeah. <laughs> well, three days is easy. Look what they did in three days in March 2020. Really, over the over the span of a weekend, we went from oh, there's a virus, mm -hmm. to locked in our homes, to under house arrest, mm -hmm. under the biggest psyop in modern history. 
Yeah. That's still going on. And again, coronavirus is a thing. We're not saying it's not a thing. Right. But but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been. Just look at what they did, how they suppressed early treatment, how they've uh, promoted perverse incentives. They've created a a bigger problem. Not only do you have a virus running around, but you also have the the vaccine running around hurting people. So there's a lot more death than there needs to be. You also have a lot more people completely, utterly, mentally destroyed. And they will will do whatever they're told from here on out in the name of safety or uh, morality or And not science. just that, the kids. Kids, the kids. kids who are up and coming, I, uh, the teenagers who, who have bought into it. Like, kids are broken. Kid, there's so many kids that are going to be forever broken by this. So I think I framed their, their concept of rug pull a little bit. Uh, I think I skewed it a little bit because you're framing it better. It's not just the rug being pulled out from under the, the young global leaders that have been set up. It's, it's everybody. everybody. They I, fall together. I remember I, I tweeted something. But at, they're the, they are the object of our ire. I threw something at Spencer Cox like, hey, when we're all lined up, they're going to line you up right next to all of us. Meaning like, because I know he likes to think he's one of these God Kings, right? He's yeah. divinely appointed. No, you're a two bit newspaper liner, yeah. right? You're going to be lined up just like everybody else. And, and I, I think the rug pull is it's everybody, right? And it might be a war. Maybe it's a war with a financial crash or all of the above. And I think, I think you're going to see perhaps, especially here in the U S things like the confiscation of private property. And that could happen in all kinds of ways. I think we might see churches say, hey, you know that food storage we've told you about for 50 years? You need to give it to us now. It belongs to us. You need to donate it. You need to live the law of consecration. And we will distribute it so everybody has some. To say to, to name one possible possibility, example. possibility. But, but, but what I'm saying is that confiscation of private property isn't going to just be like governments doing it. It's going to happen just like the coronavirus pandemic. A lot of different entities have been used to suspend our civil liberties. It's not just been the government, right? The governments, a lot of governments, including you know, right here in the great conservative, liberty-loving state of Utah, have said, "No, no, we're not mandating anything." It's the we're it's just the, forcing forcing your employer. It's the grocery to do stores. It. It's yeah. your employer that's mandating the vaccine, and that's their choice. Don't you believe in freedom of choice? In freedom of choice, yeah. and the and, and the autonomy of private businesses. Leo Hohman's article is interesting because he brings a lot of attention to the public-private partnerships that these young global leader, leaders have been cultivating. There's and another word big... for public-private partnership. There's a word for it. Go ahead. It's called fascism. <laughs> right. Especially Corp- in the, this the context. Union, Mussolini said that pure fascism was essentially the u- union of the corporation and the state. Another word for it is corporatism or crony capitalism. Right. People, people will argue that one, but that's, that's a good definition, I think. It's, it's fair to use that. The, the word fascist comes from right out of Italy, out of Rome, where the, that little bundle of sticks is the, that you see this on the, the throne of Abraham Lincoln at the, uh, 
memorial there in Washington, D.C., the Roman fasces. It's, it's that bundle of sticks with an axe in the middle of it. And that's a symbol of their power, their, their right to rule you. Right. And that's where, look, we, have we talked much about like God kings on this program? The There's, divine right to rule, I think we've mentioned that before, probably through in our history of the secret combination stuff. I mean, it, it's an old eight, concept, the right? The divine right of kings. And it never is, went away. Never went away. It's age old. It's, it, it's often talked about in the history books relative to the post-medieval, almost Renaissance up through the First World War, this idea that the, that the ruling class of Europe claimed the divine right to rule. Right. That God had set them up to rule. Louis the Fourteenth, uh, the Sun King, right? And of course, the Egyptian pharaohs were but, but, all but considered it does, God But it incarnate. does go all the way back. Uh, Hugh Nibley has written an interesting, a lot of interesting material on this. You can find it in his book, The Ancient State. Now, again, I've that's got not, that book. That's not a book. Book. It's just a collection of essays. Right. And it's thick and it's heavy, but it's it's good. It's really good. It's it's really good. Yeah. There's a because what he does is he it isn't a book book, but it's progressive, progressive, not progressive, capital P, and not the <laughs> insurance company with some of the most annoying ads on television. But it's, it progresses from like Stone Age up to modern state as he. Yeah, there's, there's one on. Pontificates uh, and. Posits. I can't remember the title of the article, but it's uh, about the arrows, the arrows and the hunters, how yeah. the hunter kings. Marked the marked arrow, I think, is what it's called. Do you remember that one? Uh huh. And it and it talks about the history of how the the hunters of the steppes of Asia came in and took over the agrarian societies because they had all the tools. They were skilled at hunting and and therefore skilled at dominion via force. And why farm when you can have somebody else do it for you? And so the marked arrow became a sign of royalty or marking your territory essentially. Right. Kind of the origins of what we call private property. Nimrod, the great hunter, right? Mm -hmm. He's this uh, hunter king who comes in and takes over. Archery hunters today will mark their arrows so they know it's theirs. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the... uh, um, I have mine numbered. So I, 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 and, and there are arrows that shoot better than others. There's arrows I always miss with and arrows that I sometimes miss with so i use the sometimes miss i use those more <laughs> interesting interesting that's that's a that's interesting but the the idea is that those hunter kings came in and they they usurped a model and then blew it way out of proportion that they saw called the holy order and this order descended from adam when adam was um given dominion over the world, he was established as the, the one that had the birth, birthright, the son of the living God, the rightful king. Now, now don't, don't say I'm confusing him with Jesus here, okay? Because Jesus is the one that gave him that right. Right. He was the, he's the rightful king of the world. That's what anointed one means, the true king, the, the, the one who was anointed, or Christos, the one who was given the right over this world from his father, and we've talked about that before. Anyway, Adam was the one that received dominion from the Lord, and then he passed that down through his generations that we call them the patriarchs. And then the the right was sort of obscured after Noah through an apostasy of the Shemites, and that's why in the book of Abraham it says that 
I sought the right, Abraham says, I sought the rights belonging to the fathers and the right where I could administer the same. And he said he, he became a rightful heir. He said he, he ended up becoming a high priest and was given the birthright. And that's why Father Abraham is such an important inflection point in, in history. If you look at basically the cause of all conflict that we know of in the world, the history of war, history of tyranny, and even going back to the, what we call the war in heaven, was all fought over basically usurpers trying to take the will or the right to rule. The right, and the right to rule in God's um, <clears throat> paradigm is the right to teach because no power or influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, priesthood being that birthright that Abraham had or, or those, those who come from that same family, uh, except for by persuasion, meekness, gentleness, kindness, love unfeigned, and by pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. That's how God maintains dominion. So, so Adam's, and remember the Book of Mormon, you had Nephi and, and his brothers fighting over who's the ruler and the teacher. And um, the brothers, the older brothers, they wanted to be the rulers and the teachers. And at one point, the uh, layman even gets upset at Nephi for afflicting us, us with his words. He's, he's afflicting, he, we, we want to kill him so that he will no more afflict us with his words. And, and that's the thing, is who gets to say what the truth is? Who gets to say what the reality is? And, and you don't, if you're, if you're one of these people like Abraham, it's not like Abraham's making it up. It's not like, the, I am the scripture. I've heard that said in certain circles. That it, it, God didn't give his power to men. I am the science. That's, that's said in the secular circles. We've had people in our circles say, I am the scripture. The, we, we are not, you don't freelance. You've got to get it from God, and you have to make a persuasive case that it did come from God if you're, if you're part of that model. So, so the model of the true rightful guys is, is very nuanced. It's persuasive. It's like a, a, a very, uh, like the, the, the perfect father, all of, us, all of us that are guys that have families hope to be, but fail at, right? Where you want to instruct and guide and, you know. Yeah, and sometimes be pr- stern. Pressure appropriately, but not, not inappropriately. Right. But with some- love and always allowing, always allowing a person's agency at the appropriate times. You don't, right. allow, you don't allow your two-year-old to touch the stove. That's the wrong type of agency. There's protection that has right. to occur. And there's also times to be stern and mm-hmm. even a little bit mm-hmm. more forceful. I don't want to say angry because that, that's not the right word. But. but but you can take that too far, especially when you have groups of adults where one adult is trying, saying, "Why well, I'm just I'm just you're the two year old and I'm keeping you well, from touching the stove." Well, and that's where that's where this in, in, it devolves. In modern times aren't a whole lot different than ancient times, and you still have people who believe that they are divinely in, appointed. To be rulers over us. And they get to say what the narrative is. And, they, and why do they believe that? Because they believe it. That's it. Well, it's they, like the, uh, the, and they worship their father. It's the State Department the other day when, they, when, asked, when the reporter pressed the spokesman about intelligence that indicates that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. He said, well, do you have that intelligence? Do you have that evidence? And well, what's the just, evidence? He just simply said, the evidence is that we say there's evidence. It's true because we say it's true. Well, that's just like someone like Spencer Cox or Justin Trudeau or any of these other clowns. They just they rule because they say they get to rule. Well, what makes you 
qualified to rule. I said I'm qualified to rule, therefore I get to rule. Did we mention that on the podcast, that particular video clip? You sent it to me. I don't think we did. This was, this was one of those uh, very enlightening moments of how absurd it has become because you had a State Department spokesman who was trying to... Who's a former uh, CIA agent, yeah, and I he's believe. Saying, he's saying, no, we have intelligence that Russia is about to invade. And a very seasoned AP reporter, I think, was like, well, what's the evidence? And he's like, I just gave it to you. And it, it was almost like who's on first because- It he, was absurd. It was absurd. The State Department guy's like, mm, that's not evidence. And he called him on it, which is not happening very often right. anymore. He's like, you, you're just saying there's evidence. Why can't we see the evidence? Right. And the guy well, was- Well, we so, can't show you it. Well, why not? Because it's but, evidence. But not only that, he was saying, I am the evidence. Yeah. I'm right. telling you- I just told you that it's we, true because we say evidence. it's true. And that's and been, he accused him of being a Russian con, uh, yeah. collaborator. Yeah, it was awesome. And the guy's like, well, I, I remember weapons of mass destruction. He, I, even, he even said, you're going into Alex Jones territory. The reporter said that to the spokesperson. Which is funny because Alex Jones is actually far but, more credible. <laughs> right, right. What he was trying to... What but he, I think, but he, he's been used in, in that way. So it was right. kind of an appropriate... <coughs> it uh, was... But it's, it, it's, it was so telling of everything we've been fed over the last, how, whoever, who knows how many years, but we like to focus on the last couple of years. It's true because they tell us it's true. Masks stop the transmission of coronavirus because we say it does. The vaccine is safe and effective because we say it is. Yeah, You're saving lives when you stay home because we say we, it, you are. And just like the guy, the, the Spocks for the State Department, spokesperson, they call them Spoxes now. Yeah. Uh, just like he said, no, with no, the, no we with had, the next. It, he, he, he appealed to, no, the intelligence community. Well, the, right. the health authorities are just, all they have to do is say, quote, the science. Yeah, studies show. And the now, experts say. Our, yeah, the experts say. Our language is corrupt. We have, this is what the Jaredites went through. It wasn't like God waved his magic wand and, and Bobby starts speaking French and Jordan starts speaking uh, Swahili or something. It was, they destroyed the meanings of the words. They prayed that, their that amongst them, their language would not be confounded. And, and our, our words nowadays mean almost nothing. You know I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it. <laughs> Sick. I that mean, is sick. Mostly, mostly peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful. Fiery, while, but mostly peaceful. While, while the man is standing in front of a, like a burnt down city. What's yeah. mostly peaceful? What 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 you're he, seeing here? He, right. It's absurd. Right. And I think the Corona Circus guys are arguing correctly that that's all part of the plan to just destroy society. I have called it the carpet bombing of the American right. mind. I think that's a good analogy. And we've called it a controlled demolition, which they the term there they use, yep. so they must listen to our show. Thanks, guys. Welcome. Another, th another thing that uh, Icarus there pointed out is that this is moving very slowly. Slower than he anticipated, but at the same time... And I feel the same way. At the same time, it's... Think about... If you look back, if you look back, it's been really fast. It's been extremely fast. If you go back to 2019, go back to, to those halcyon days of July 2019, summer 2019. There, there's a word you don't hear every day, halcyon. Yeah. If you, if you, in July 2019, if you had stood up in front of a group of people, let's say at a church meeting or a community meeting, and said... Denoting a period of time in the past that was idyllically happy and peaceful. Halcyon. Right. Perfect. Off the air, I'll tell you the story of, of uh, 
background on that word that I always think about. But okay. if you think about, and I'm just choosing July 2019 kind of randomly, just a it pre, was nice. a pre-COVID we a, time. We went on a nice vacation yeah. that year. It was but, like... But think about if you'd stood up in front of a church group or a, a community group, a school board, or if a politician, if Trump had stood up and said, a year from now, we're all going to be covering our faces and we're all going to be locked down under house arrest and millions of businesses will be closed and churches will Permanent. be closed and schools will be closed and we will, we will not have sports and we will not have movie theaters. And, and the society will be irreversibly changed. And we are going to do it under the guise of uh, safety and uh, the, the prevention and the avoidance of a mild coronavirus that's crazy that's people crazy would talk. have people would have just been like okay you you're a nut you job. need to sit down you are crazy you need to sit down and shut up no i won't sit down and i won't shut up <laughs> that's a good song we'll have to reference it i'll play it later but um where we are today and where we were just a short time ago is is it is, is remarkable we've gone extremely fast Maybe now it's starting to slow down because I think the dust is settling, right? You have the corona absurdity starting to become mainstream, and it's going to become more mainstream. Well, this is why Corona Circus did their article, because right. they, see a, they sense a shift. You articulated it really well a couple of weeks ago with our Pivot Point episode, right? We sense this shift too. And the goal here is not to be like your single source of truth— um, on the Mind Virus show, but it is to try to bring the ideas to the forefront so that you can contemplate them and, and, of, and of course, remind you to get in touch with the gods of light, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, so that you can weather the storm that's coming, because we've felt the storm. I mean, some of us have felt the storm for many, many years, but again, the, if you were going to say, hey, it's happening next year, that's that's to go out on a pretty serious limb. And if you're wrong, nobody ever listens to you again. You're the, you're the guy with the sandwich board walking around saying the end is near. So, so uh, we're, we're trying to bring together a lot of ideas that you can consider. We're going to get DMCA'd if this goes on much longer. I'll take the risk. Well, I guess I should confess that I am starting to get old. All the latest music fads all pass me by and let me call. All the kids are talking slang. I won't pretend to understand. All my friends are getting married, mortgages and pension plans. And it's obvious my angry adolescent days are done. And I'm happy. That's a good Gen X anthem there. That yeah. is a Photosynthesis by Frank Turner. And it's one of my favorites. Okay, very good. Yeah, I've never heard that song. <laughs> is yeah. that weird? I don't think he's uh, real mainstream. 
but I, obviously I like it. not. Right. <laughs> I thought it was great. He had a really good uh, set of poetry there, right, to start off with. <laughs> right. About his friends getting married and he's getting left behind. Uh, all the music passing by, the kids using language he doesn't understand. Trust me, I spent a lot of time around high school kids. I don't understand the language they speak. <laughs> Well, that kind of derailed us, but um, the the Corona guy, the coronavirus circus guys, and this is a theme he comes back to a lot. They come back to the gods of light. That's our phrase. Are going to win? Humanity is what he, he, he would says. Say, these barbarians. He calls them barbarians. The barbarians are going to lose. They're stupid. They underestimate us, and they're they're on the wrong side of. Of of history, history, and on the wrong, they're on the wrong side. Period. They're they're fighting against something that that you can't defeat. And I think he's right, but I don't think that means we're going to have it easy coming uh, in the future. Well, well, the the way they end this article is quite ominous because. They just kind of throw all this out there, like, yeah, but they're going to fail. But he says, whatever happens, 2022 will be interesting. Remember, it's all a big bluff. Remember, there's nothing to fear. This isn't an encouragement to apathy. We continue to recommend changing one's savings into precious physical precious metals and most importantly, leaving the cities. So he says, there's nothing to fear, but leave the cities. He's right. Jack Posobiec has been saying the same thing. Get out of cities. Get out of cities. What's a city? Well, right. It, what's right. a suburb? What's a city? What the first? I think the first. I think the first places to go are going to be the big cities, the downtown type cities where there's a lot of people. But they've crammed already together. gone. Look at right. San well, Francisco, Detroit. They, yeah, we're seeing the beginnings of that. I when I say fall, I mean like hardcore, fall. hard, hard, hard lockdowns, hard like military martial law, death, destruction. That's sort of what Trudeau is proposing for Canada right now is a selective martial law. Right. With their invoking their emergency orders because of the well, what else do you do? What, what else do you do to a, a a small minority with unacceptable views? Well, yeah, you let them eat cake, right? Trudeau is, Trudeau is losing his mind. He's he's like a, a a guy that stayed up too late, drinking too much, and now he's yelling. Well, I almost feel bad for these yo- younger people because they. They think the world is a certain way, and, and they've been carefully groomed. And if they really are the birdcage liner, if they really are expendable, man, they're going to have a hard fall. Because they've been told they, are, they have the divine right to rule. Yeah, and they believe it. I mean, look, again, look at some of the, the, the alumni or some of the most influential people in the world right now. So they think. Exactly. Right? But we know now that they're not because, again, the, the corona pandemic unmasked i use that word deliberately unmasked the fact that there are people there are influences there are institutions whatever you want to call them controlling the story okay it's not there's no way that you could just spontaneously have every country in the world saying the same things using the same catchphrases using the same graphics using the same talking points instantly instantly we're all in this together. Stay home, stay safe. Separate, together. Alone, together. <laughs> Alone, together. Remember, the, you had the, the global citizen 
That's an actual oh, yeah, that organization too. They did. They called it Alone Together, didn't they? They had a at home. What do they call it? At home together or at alone together, together? Okay. That Lady Gaga hosted a big stupid concert. The Corona Circus guys pointed this, this stuff out. This stuff doesn't just happen. It doesn't just come together instantly, right? It takes planning and it takes coordination. Yeah, they 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 brought that up. The uh, at home together, Elton John, Lady Gaga thing, together at home, is what they said. And it their organization is called Global Citizen. It's just in your face. But look at he, the, he look points at the out picture. They, look at the picture of Trudeau's shirt in that Leo Homan uh, article. Where he's hugging Bill Gates, his shirt says Global Citizen 2016. That's one of those type of events. Yeah. Well, it's clearly, clearly. Um, On the Corona Circus site, they have a whole section where they're trying to point out, look, the the antithesis is also promoted by the globalists. And they've got this whole montage of Nicki Minaj claiming COVID-19 vaccines may cause technical testicle swelling and impotence. Yeah, I remember that. And she's that. a clear and, and and he and he very adequately points out that she's clearly an occult globalist. Shows her here walking with Yeah, he the he Pope. makes a really sarcastic comment. What does he say there at the end? Like I think it's a caption on one of the pictures like It turns out Nicki Minaj is not an MK Ultra starlet after all. <laughs> she's so much on the side of truth that the whole MSM believes we should know about it. Exactly, yeah, right? super sarcastic. Again, yeah. he, he, he brings up, why, what are we being told? Why are we being told it? And why are we being told now? And those are good questions. Yeah, it takes a long time. This is the hard part for the, us regular people is I think watching this devolve in slow motion and being able to do something about it. The truckers are a good example. They're like, hey, we're going to go stay. And they did. They were true to their word. And they They're were still there. They, they were very stubborn. They went down and uh, camped out, thousands of them. And, there, and there, there are these trucker protests popping up all over the country now. They're calling it whack-a-mole. All over the world. Yeah, but Australia. If you Europe. look at Canada, it's like they they shut down the Ambassador Bridge protest, and now they're like two other border crossing border other border crosses crossings crossings crossings. What am I trying to say here? Crossings. Two other border cross crossings. I can't say it. <laughs> two other border crossings that are. Is it two or maybe it's only one? I don't know. Well, one you had the one in Alberta, then you had the one over into Detroit. And there might have been more. And one of the reasons that they're focusing on borders is because it's a the vaccine mandate affects border crossings with these truckers who are used to going back and forth, delivering goods. Well, they found the line in the sand for these people. That's the thing. It's literally a line in the sand. And that's what everybody's going to be faced with is the line in the sand. Where At what point are you Which no longer willing to submit? It frustrates me because I was the guy two years ago saying masks and lockdowns are our line in the sand guys this is we have to draw the line now we didn't and now i'm right. a cassandra you're cassandra that's right <laughs> <laughs> you are well, well this is a really interesting discussion it is so uh, highly recommend these articles we're going to link to highly recommend reading them and then looking at the world through these ideas it doesn't mean you have to agree with them i like the corona circus guys i don't always uh, like like Jordan, I don't always believe or uh, agree. agree, but they're very insightful. They get into some of the more esoteric, the occult, and some of the ritualistic nature of this. And I, I, I'm on board 
for a way for a while with that. I think this is this has been a ritual. I think it has been something that is it is a it is a massive uh worship ritual uh, of the gods of this world, the mm-hmm. gods of darkness. And they want you to sacrifice to them and so they called this the season of sacrifice and they are suggesting that we're going to start t- hearing that word sacrifice out there a lot like the, yeah. the ma- mainstream media will start promoting this idea that you are thank you for your sacrifice yeah. it was so good that everybody got vaccinated even we though there were hardships the, even though all these people died all those young men that died sacrificed for their country he mentions the spars document this is right. important because when we, we had truman on truman mentioned that truman's doing really well by the way naturally having recovered from uh, that's good the coronavirus the spars document says the vaccine killed a lot of people. Remember, this was created in 2017. And they have these scenarios, right? It's bizarre. Why would they create this stuff? Mm-hmm. The Covovax, I think they call it. The Covovax, we know it killed and maimed a lot of people. We thank them. President Archer is thanking them for their sacrifice. So we're going to see if President Biden right, thanks that, people the, for their sacrifice. They're suggesting that's the way the narrative is going to shift. Uh, this is a good point before we, we're about to wrap up here, but uh, before we do, to talk about how, again, these people are occultist at the top. They're, they're very much into hidden meanings, symbolism, and they're very spiritual. And they, they believe that they're doing the work of God. Very probably, they, ha- they have had manifestations from the fallen gods that are promoting their evil agenda, but part of their ethos is that they have to get you to agree or get your government to agree. You have to, through a democratic process, then we can kill all these people, you know, or get them to kill themselves or fight amongst themselves or whatever. That's how they, they then get to provide order out of chaos. They tell us exactly what they're going to do. And, uh, they're, um, they're involving the public in a mass sacrifice. That's what a holocaust means, a fiery sacrifice. And so and they who, have routinely, they've routinely involved us in their ritualistic performances. Who's on the altar? You are. You are. Yeah. We are. All of us are on the altar. You need to climb down off of that altar. Yeah. And one of, the, one of those places where they present the ritual is the Olympics. And another one where they love to present the ritual is the, the Super Bowl halftime show. And so I didn't pay close attention to this. I was in a crowded, noisy party. Yeah, the, the, But let me tell you really quick, it was ritualistic. You, you said you didn't see much in there. But again, one, I wasn't looking too closely. Yeah. Let me tell you what elements I saw. And you, you listeners, somebody out there, take, take on the responsibility of doing our job for us. Come on. It's your responsibility. And start up a conversation on the comments for this uh, podcast page on our website at mindvirus.show and explain this to us. I'll give you the hints. Because I am, I haven't listened to the. I didn't get to hear the lyrics. It was a rap, hip hop um, celebration. But here was the main setup. They had a bunch of houses in a row set up. Well, there's your first tip off, because the the correlating scripture is that in my father's house there are many mansions. In my father's system there are many stopping over places or or living places, dwelling places, whatever you want to call them. A mansion in uh, 16th century English, it's a good translation. Mansion means hotel, okay? A mansion was a hotel. So in my father's system, Oikos, my father's house, it's, that's maybe a bad translation. 
uh, it's in my father's system, there are many stopping over places or many hotels. So what you saw were a bunch of houses. And when you get a get a house concept like that, and they had a street and they had some cars, so it was trying to look like a downtown area or maybe eight, the eight mile road or something like that because they had Eminem on. But he was the token white guy. Just that was the first thing that he was. That's I, I thought literally those exact he was words. The he one. was the token. He was the token white guy. And this Super Bowl was a huge black celebration. Uh, maybe that's a demonstration that our society is fully destroyed because you know as much as they they represent a certain portion of the population, they just it isn't representative of all of us. It's very racist. So the point is. When you see that stage set up, the stage and the overall picture is a big thing to look for anytime you're looking at these rituals. Then, uh, so we know it's about the system or the cosmos or the or the worlds or whatever, because that's what houses can represent. Well, anyway, you had um, your introductory priests, which was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Is that who it was? Mm-hmm. And they come out and they set the stage. And then they showed the people on the earth, which were inside the house, the regular people. There was a guy that he, he came in upside down. I don't know if you remember that. That was 50 cent. Yeah. He's put on some weight. He's more like a dollar now. Distinguishable by the big gold chain that has the 50 on it. Yeah. Um, anyway, he comes in and he starts dancing with all the girls and all the people join in at the middle level. Okay. And then you had a lower level of people that were all black marching in unison. That's us, guys. That's down at the lowest level. Did you notice they were wearing sashes? Well, did you see all the ones wearing like prison jumpsuits? What color were they? I think they were gray. Was that later? It was later. Okay. Well, the, I'm just kind of going in order that right. I remember. And I'm just going off the cuff here because this it might, maybe this would be an episode. I don't know. But maybe somebody should decipher it all for us and, and just do our work and put it in the comments. <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. Uh, anyway, so... So you, you've got the, the regular people, then you've got the lower people. You remember the people marching in unison that were black, right? Where, they were wearing yeah. black. And, and they, they, and they, they had their very, ha- all their hair was kind of bleach blonde, right? They were all, all the same looking. They all yeah, but they were very much... They came out of the in boxes. A, in a, yeah, they came out of the boxes and they were in a militaristic fashion forming... forming uh, symbols on the... You know, like a marching band, but they were at the lowest level and they're wearing black. They're in darkness. That's us, okay? This is what they're doing to us down here. And they were wearing sashes. Now, maybe this isn't us, but maybe it's the controllers because this, the sash is a symbol of royalty. It's, it shows up in uh, South America or, uh, you know, r- royalty in Europe or whatever. Miss uh, Universe. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is also reminiscent of the, the, the apron that is worn in, in the Mormon ceremony where the man is asked, who's wearing black? What is that emblem you have on? What, or what is that apron you have on? And he says, it's an emblem of my power and my priesthoods. Okay, so that's a, that's a real element there that, that they had. And it said, Dre Day. So essentially, this is the day of my power is what I was thinking mm-hmm. when I saw that. And you also had interspersed uh, a woman named Blythe or White or what's her Mary, name? Mary J. Blythe. Okay. She was up at the top wearing sparkly star outfits. All the people on the top level, on the rooftops, they were wearing the star outfits. So you have a heavens, earth, and hell, mm-hmm. or heavens, terrestrial, telestial type of a setup. You see this? Mm-hmm. And, the, and they were very true to the, to the colors, you know, and, and the outfits. So, so I'm, it was, again, they're almost always put, doing a ritual here. And then at the end, they had over the, the banded um, jumbotron 
that go around the. It's not jumbotron, but the the banded video right. displays that go the around light the boards or whatever they're called uh, around the stadium. They had fire flashing at the end. They always do this fire, and then they had golden fireworks because, of course, mm-hmm. the earth burns. So anyway, they. Oh, and and let's not forget Eminem, who comes in and does his song about breaking into the music industry, the rap industry. Uh, I was asking uh, the family and friends that were with us. I said, "Is this song?" Because I I don't remember it. It's the it's the it's his big like triumphant I anthem that you own it you you know mm-hmm. own it but it's it actually mentions the new world order in that song and that was your sort of fallen Jesus figure and he ends up kneeling to Dr. Dre I think but yeah he kneel, takes a knee the NFL didn't want him to do that they, they're gonna say that was all a Black Lives Matter homage but that's well I, I saw on Twitter that, that that was the moment that racism ended well <laughs> this was not about <laughs> racism even though it was very racist this was about something different. Whoever choreographed that got all those guys together. They may not have even understood, but told, I'm sure them, that they didn't. told them which songs they were going to play, told them how they were going to do it, what they were going to wear, did the fire and everything. And you, so you had your Jesus motif. And, and when, when Eminem came out, everybody came running and flocking to him. So he's either a Christ or a false Christ or whatever. He ends up kneeling to the, this father figure, Dre. And uh, then they have the fire and the fireworks. So, it was very cosmic. Part of it is literal in the sense that Dr. Dre is more known. I mean, he was a rapper in the beginning, right? In his, his career, but he's more known as a producer. And he, all of those people on the stage, Snoop, Mary J. Blige, the guy I don't know, 50 Cent. There was one guy that came out, and I don't know who he is. Eminem. Do, Dr. Dre produced those guys. He kind of oh, made really? them stars. And so, okay. so it was sort of a homage to it. him. The whole, uh, the whole Super Bowl... Uh, outside of the game, so the halftime show, a lot of the ads were '90s throwback, tons of okay. '90s references with the say, advertising. Sorry, sorry, I'm skipping your train of thought here, but would you call Dr. Dre the architect of that type of thing? Yeah, he's probably the. Okay. You could say he's an architect or the father of okay. modern hip hop. Okay, let's keep going where you were going, but well, uh, it's just I just found it an interesting uh, observation that there was a lot of pandering to the to us to, to the gen 90s. x to people to gen x who now has disposable income is that why or is it because we are pulling the levers of power like the trudeaus it's probably the, both uh, it's probably that we're the demographic watching the game i don't think 22 year old kids are watching the game well the baby boomers control a heck of a lot of wealth and they were they are the but game, they're right? all getting old they're getting old and their purchasing power is significant but they're getting old and so that maybe it was a, a head nod to like Gen X, you're up, you're up, you're up next. Because yeah. I mean, look at like Trudeau. Trudeau's like our age. Yeah, uh, Yasinda Ardern, I think, is might even be younger than us. Um, you have right. this. We are the young global leaders. We are the world. Yeah, we're the. That's why I say earlier that the YGL, the young global leaders, is like now is the day of their power. Their their fruits that they planted in 2004. You know, even before, but I think 2004, they really started to get serious about it when they renamed oh, yeah. it to Young Global Leaders. We're starting to see the, the, the fruits of their labors. Right. And by their fruits, you shall know them. Right. There are a lot of nuances playing into this story that we're all, we're all uh, living in, this, this play act that we're all playing out. There's a ton of nuance, and it's really interesting to look at it all, where, where we all came from, what we experienced. You know, like Channel One, for example, we were some of the first... Uh, kids in public schools, yeah. at least in Utah, that had 
propaganda every morning. Anderson Cooper and Lucy nation, Liu. Nationwide propaganda coming Wasn't at that us. Wasn't who it was? Lucy Liu? I don't remember. Not Lucy Liu. I, That's I an actress. been a year or two earlier than But it was you. Anderson Cooper for sure. I, I don't... I, I, Lucy... I really she went don't on to be remember. on The View. She, uh, I'm going to look this up. Because now I got to know. Lucy... The thing that was interesting is, uh, you know, I never thought about that. But it was it should have occurred to people like, oh, why do we now have televisions in every in every room of this like not not just televisions, but interlinked televisions. Lisa in, Ling. Interlinked televisions in every room of the school where messages can be broadcast to the hive. That's where I watched um bombs dropping on Baghdad in the Kuwait. War it was on Channel One, right. and they would, that you they would saw feed that. us with this pro-war kind of video game style footage of a crosshair, right? And then I you'd see a that flash on, of light, and then I remember boom. that on the televisions, yeah. And it was a big deal. I mean, I was taking a lot of political science classes. We had a great political science teacher in uh, high school, and so I I was really interested in that. And um, but of course, I was big for Bush, right? Right, I sure. was really disappointed that Clinton. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, it, w- w- it was like, wh- how could the, this man who had just defeated Iraq in you know just like one swipe? Well, it's because he said moved no, out by a guy who played saxophone on Arsenio Hall. He said, "Read my lips, no new taxes." That's what they say. And then there was taxes, so and then he lost. Yeah, that's what they say. And of course, we went through the history of this whole thing: how the Clintons and the Bushes are all interlinked in the episode eight history of the secret combination. It's called Hidden Picture. Lisa Ling was the Channel One reporter, and then Lucy Liu. Who's that? That's I don't know. Bobby. She's a an actress, which I I'm looking at her picture both now. I, I don't sound, even recognize both her. names sound Oriental. But Lisa Ling was on there, and she went on to become on the. She went on to be on the View, the stupidest show on television, and then Anderson Cooper. We all know Anderson Cooper. Anyway, we've uh, we've kind of gone on. We we were going to wrap it up twenty minutes ago, but here we are. Should we wrap it up now? Well, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm looking at pictures of Anderson Cooper Young and uh, Lisa Ling Young. Yeah, yeah. These guys. I, I don't remember the. I, I didn't really care about the names, you know. So anyway, it's 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 good. It's worth looking back. To, uh, they where, also had where you came from. They also had um, Clooney on Channel One, the really? father of George Clooney. And I, th- I think his name was Mick Clooney or something like that. Nick Clooney. He was, at the time, I think he was kind of the, he added credibility to it, right? They had to have the young guys like Anderson Cooper because we they were pumping this into high schools and junior high schools. But I think Clooney brought in sort of the credibility, the older father figure journalist. I'm not, I'm not remembering this guy. But anyway, yeah, we should wrap up, but... Uh, we'd love to get your comments on this. I mean, this is a, as they say in the news, this is a developing situation, developing very slowly. <laughs> and and you really need to be, have a lot of stamina and strength of independent thought, courage to to maintain, you know, firmness of mind while, while the whole thing is shifting in front of you. But uh, we, we really do need to try to figure out what is going on and get in touch with the God's of light with with Jesus specifically and try to understand what our role is here as this world as this loyalty test is concluding 
and and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be like the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, right? The stars go in, they they play their best, and I hear the Rams won yesterday. I never saw that. Was it a was it a good game? I yeah, it was pretty it good was, first half. It was a good game. Came down to came down to the wire, and it was oh, it did? fun. And okay. So I saw the Bengals scored on a pretty bad call. There was like a yeah a face mask that was pretty right. obvious. But the Rams had some calls go their way right at the oh, yeah. end and gave them extra chances that to score the game. winning touchdown. And of course people are going to say that's because the refs were in on it or the fix was in. Well, it may have been. It may yeah, have been. Listen, every, everything that we see, I, everything we're told yeah, is it's a all lie. an illusion. I, I'm surprised as I've been watching some of the news on this, how much overt betting advertising there is, gambling advertising relative to yeah. pro sports. No, the, Nick Clooney worked here in Salt Lake City for several years to anchor and help launch the news operation of the market's Fox station, KSTU. I'm just looking this up, and I, I, they don't, I don't see anything on Wikipedia about his stint on Channel One News. Maybe he didn't want that in his... Oh, he's, he's uh, Clooney's father. He's yeah, not George, his son. No, George Clooney's dad. That's what got me mixed up. I was looking for a younger guy. Yeah, I remember his dad. Yeah, he kind of... So bro- he was on Channel One like to provide the old... Yeah, he's the credibility guy to kind of offset all the young upstarts from okay. the now I farm, get it. from the CIA Sometimes farm. Sometimes it takes a while. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening for sure. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for sharing. Hit that subscribe button. Like, comment, subscribe. If we had a subscribe button. <laughs> what well, we do on our uh, I guess on feeders. a podcast, yeah, on, a, on those podcast apps, you've got them. All right, everybody, that's it for us today. Have a good week. Signing off. Take care. <laughs>